Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from 5 Edelweiss Drive, discussing the 2011 home invasion horror film, You're Next. This film was directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett. Influenced by his genuine fear of the home invasion genre, Wingard set out to make one himself, and Barrett brought the project to life in a unique way with his script. Your Next was hailed at film festivals as the next great horror film, given its homages to the classics before it. Once it was picked up by Lionsgate, the film was stuck in limbo due to Lionsgate's immediate merge with Summit. After being put on hold for two years, Your Next was finally released theatrically in 2013 to the acclaim of many horror fans. This film was requested to us by friends of the show, Eggy, Molly Gerhardt, Brittany Ramatar, and Good Real Hunting. We want to thank them so much for their support as well as their suggestion. This film was also the winner of our March Patreon poll. So thank you to all of our patrons who participated and voted. If you want to help us pick an episode, join us over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash the So what did you guys think of your next the first time you saw it? So this one was interesting for me because this was the first time I've seen this movie mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't really know how to feel. I I went and looked to see if this was like a horror comedy anywhere and I couldn't find anything that said it was comedy. So um, I'm kind of conflicted how you feel about the movie. I do like it, but I but it plays very serious. So that's what kind of was that's what's kind of uh, a little confusing to me because there there is things that do seem funny or like they're for comedy purposes but the movie plays very serious so i'm like i'm i'm let me see like i said (laughs) does is there does there comedy attached to this anywhere not on google not in imdb not not anything i could find was there comedy attached to it so i i I, i'm just kind of uh and i've come to a realization and i do want to apologize but i think i don't like home invasion movies listen (laughs) You have nothing to apologize for because that's the only thing that explains your hush score. Yes. Your feelings uh, on hush. No, 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 no. Just let it sit. Just, just let, just let it sit. Continue, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Not every subgenre is for everyone. Right. Like if it's not your bag, it's not your bag. But again, it, it makes a lot more sense. Well, Our yeah. hush episode makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it just like thinking about it and then and looking back and like. Even the Purge is just a home invasion movie. The it first is, one, yeah. yeah. And I, I just maybe well, I, I just don't. The Purge had its own problems aside from being just a home invasion. Well, <laughs> the, uh, the Purge <laughs> promised us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should get back into that franchise at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I'm yeah, sure we, we will. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I to your point, I feel like there are several moments in this film that make me like laugh out loud yeah i think that some moments are darkly comic some moments there's like we talked about off mic the dinner scene um they're just awkward humor that absolutely slays me right and cracks me up but um as a whole my first experience with this film is i went to see this at the theater with our parents okay and it was all based on having seen the trailer yeah that I hate trailers. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch them because they always give everything away. Right. And in all fairness, this this trailer does give a lot away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so well put together. 
and it's got Perfect Day by Lou Reed as the music on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fucking great song. Yeah. And so I was obviously hooked. But then when we went to see it, I was like, this is a very, very, very fun movie. Uh-huh. I had a lot of fun. Some of it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, there are some choices made that I <laughs> I wouldn't make. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Personally. Well. And there are some choices made that I hope you guys wouldn't make. <laughs> <laughs> But um, <laughs> I I enjoy it. I was just talking to Brittany. She was saying that this is probably like one of, if not her favorite home invasion horror film. I think this is one of my favorites in the genre. I do enjoy the genre. Right. Um, But there is also the matter of, I think, how well the twist worked for me. Because mm-hmm. if it's a twist, I cannot and did not predict. Uh-huh. But then I can go back and watch it and yeah. totally see everything that's good yeah okay, that's okay. the thing is watching it well i'll say i never saw it before last year because when this came out in theaters jackson was like a few months old mm-hmm. and ari was like i don't know barely two or something we're not going to the fucking movie <laughs> i don't think she wants to yeah we're we're not going anywhere so <laughs> we missed it when it was in the theater i remember it being portrayed i'll say as a straight horror film in the like just on tv on oh, the yeah, trailers for sure so I try to watch a film every day in October. I've done it for the last couple years. And Year Next has a very uh, forgiving runtime. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? That's short as fuck. I'll yeah. watch Year Next for the first time. I watched it 2021. I think it was 2021. I don't I don't know. Again, time was a flat circle. But I think it was <laughs> not 2022. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I saw it for the first time and I thought that it was going to be scary mm-hmm. because I do get the willies sometimes from home invasion films just because like I think speaking of Hush again, I talked about working on Hush and getting scared because I was home alone. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that vibe. Right. Um because it is fucking scary. Like that's something that you never want to happen. That's something that does happen and could happen and you know, whatever. It was so much fun and so funny in some spots that I just was not, it's not at all what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And it did. Obviously this came much after, but it made me think of ready or not, Mm -hmm. which I love. There is some overlap. Yeah. And so I'm not saying like, Oh, they, they ripped this off or whatever. I do like ready or not a little bit more, (laughs) but (laughs) It's that it's the same kind of vibe for me where it's like, yeah, this is like there are a lot of gruesome things that are happening, but it's I'm laughing. (laughs) 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 Well, I think that that goes into a lot of what I read and heard about the production. Mm. Okay. Firstly, the fact that these folks just love working with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Like every single thing that you see one of them make, one or many of them that you see in this film is a part of it. We love that though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like their little club. Mm -hmm. Um, But what it had started with, I read in Complex, was Barrett had written a film called A Horrible Way to Die and Winger directed it. They released it through festivals Uh and the audience reaction to it was... What I've determined and what I've read is that people enjoyed the movie, but a lot of people were calling it a feel bad movie. Ooh. <laughs> and so, I mean, t- feel bad movies can be good too. Yeah. yeah. But when you want to feel bad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you have a choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but their minds were kind of changed as to what to do next when they saw the insidious premiere 
Okay. And they saw the audience's reaction to that. Yeah. And they see James Wan there and everybody is like losing their minds at the screen, having a fun time. They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, I guess <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where it all started was this idea of kind of giving an audience a fun time. Right. And so oddly, it was originally going to be an anthology of three home invasion stories. And they decided against it, just pick the one and flesh that one out to a feature. Yeah. And so according to this Q&A that I watched, Simon Barrett said that his influences for it were wanting to do a one location thriller, mm-hmm. which this is, Yeah. Mm-hmm. wanting to kind of have a mystery element a la Agatha Christie. Okay. Yeah. Kind of does. And he said Mario Bava's Bay of Blood. And so he became my best friend. I was going to say, <laughs> so you love that. Oh, absolutely. But Wingard thought of The Strangers, the film Inside, and the opening of Scream. Hell yeah. All right. And so you see all these elements, and it all starts to make sense when you watch the movie. Their hope was to avoid cliches, and they said that the best way to go about this was by having a strong woman in the lead. Mm-hmm. And they fucking did that too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it definitely subverts expectation, which I do appreciate. Uh, yes. Because, you know... <laughs> We got a lot of Julie James-esque <laughs> <laughs> final girls. Uh, you know? Well, this, this was nice. It's like a different brand. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of refreshing. And I see why audiences kind of went crazy for it when it came out mm-hmm. and still now. Uh, they had said that, like you had said in your intro, that it was picked up immediately from the festivals in, I think, 2011. Mm-hmm. And then because of that merger... Lionsgate had a ton of films and Summit had a ton of films and they can't release all the films they're planning to release because yeah. then like why like, not well I don't know <laughs> <laughs> just give them all to us I, for free yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great but this is one that sat on the shelf for forever two years is a long time yeah to sit on a completed film well especially when yeah no shit film festivals are buzzing about it yeah. you want to capitalize on that I would right. think well then hold off yeah <laughs> <laughs> But um, they eventually released it and they, they were told straight up, they're like, we promise we're going to release this. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know if they were going to get the call in, in the next day yeah. and be yeah. like, no, we're not doing that. But they have, did. I saw Obviously. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the rest is uh, history. Yeah. Now, before we survive this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's shoot our shot. So before we see anything, the film opens with the sounds of moaning and the squeaking of bed springs. A little decor. (laughs) All right, all right, I'm in. Please. (laughs) The scene begins as we look through the crack in the door at Eric Harson, played by Larry Fessenden, and Talia, played by Caitlin Scheel, showing each other the flesh. When this started this way, my first thought is, what the fuck am I next for? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, go on. (laughs) As soon as we enter the room, it's over. And Eric looks satisfied, but Talia does not. She lies on the bed looking bored as Eric leaves to go take a shower. Once he's gone, she steps out of bed and pulls her underwear back on. She walks through the house in only socks, her underwear, and an open, oversized button down. Wind chimes clink together outside, but when she passes by big sliding glass doors in the living room, we hear twigs snapping and the outside lights come on. Did you see the wind chimes are just old silverware? Yes. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. 
I can make that. Well, actually, I have that right here. <laughs> Talia opens the door and looks out into the yard and over at the wind chimes made of forks and spoons. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> she closes the door and goes back into the house, popping a CD into a stereo. As the music, Looking for the Magic by Dwight Twilly Band begins to play, we see close-ups of a screwdriver being made, the drink. Now, I do want to say, I hope y'all like this song. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, when that, that bass hit. No, it's good. Timed with, I guess, the orange juice pour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were really great shots, too. They were. The, the ice and yeah, I thought yeah. that yeah. was cool. These mumblecore folks have great needle drops. I got to give them Right. <laughs> And I know I this is like mumble gore, I think, is yeah. the thing. It's almost like Giallo where people are like, well, this isn't yeah, that I, and this is that, but that's not it. <laughs> so I don't know what. Working on this, I've seen a lot of that uh, discourse and a lot of that back and forth. I don't know what any of it means. I'm like, yeah. oh, these are the guys from VHS. <laughs> that's, yeah. all, that's, it. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all we need to know. But drink in hand, Talia heads back upstairs. Eric washes his hair in the shower as Talia sits and enjoys her drink, listening to the music. <laughs> to the music. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you better not be making fun of <laughs> <laughs> The piece is interrupted, though, when bright lights shine into the room. Eric steps out of the shower and goes into the bedroom. He takes a sip of the screwdriver, but pauses when he sees something written on a window in red. He walks over and touches the message, but when nothing comes away, we see that it is written on the outside. One word on one window and one word on another. You're next. That's the title of the film. It is. Um, (laughs) You're correct. I have to say, as a former copy editor, I appreciate the apostrophe. Absolutely. (laughs) They they had to do that. I mean, that took effort. (laughs) (laughs) They went the extra mile. You got to respect it. Eric's gaze drops down from the message and he sees Talia outside, dead and in a pool of blood. When we first see the words and they're backwards, mm-hmm. my first thought was, God, these killers, why, why, why did they, he didn't even get to see it. Like, he doesn't even know what it says. Right. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, it's for Talia. Yes. <laughs> she saw it. <laughs> she saw it. <laughs> yeah, she definitely saw it. <laughs> he backs away from the window and tries to run, but he runs right into a masked person. They grab Eric by the throat and raise a machete up high. Eric screams as the intruder brings the machete down and the message on the windows is sprayed with fresh blood. It cuts to black. So, I mean, I think clearly we can see like the scream opening influence. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, this couple. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> um, goodbye. <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Never mind. Never mind. Um, I did like this as a cold open. I did want to talk about Larry Fessenden for a moment because mm-hmm. he's kind of an indie horror icon. And he actually showed a film at a film school that Adam Wingard attended, and they eventually became friends. That is so it's cool. Like, oh, nice. You know, it's yeah. very interesting how those stories come together. According to Entertainment Weekly, it's kind of, and I'm going to use this word again, I apologize, kind of a mumble core. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Excuse me, mumble gore trope <laughs> right. for Fessenden to be cast in a cameo and to promptly be murdered. Oh, that's cool. Oh, all right, all so right. So they're following in with he, that. He kind of looks like Lars. I was like, is this fucking Metallica? <laughs> I, was like, what? I was like, who is this guy? In that, in that Entertainment Weekly article, <laughs> like, I, I, they must have had his permission to say this, but they said that he looked like a young Jack Nicholson in a world devoid of dentistry. And I was oh, like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was the meanest thing ever, but then they put like in they couched it and they're like, he lost a tooth in 1985 and he never had it replaced. No. I was like, you're still very mean. Yeah, that, <laughs> that you didn't have to say that. Very, very mean. We are no longer friends. Uh, yeah. no. 
but he's like he's produced and written a shit ton of films but i knew this one would get you guys' attention because mm-hmm. i appreciate this but not only did he co-write the screenplay for the video game and appear nope i fucked up already <laughs> It made sense. The way at first, I yeah. leaned well, in. He co-wrote the screenplay. I was supposed to. It was supposed to be a one-two punch, and then I just punched you twice. <laughs> Not only did he co-write the screenplay for the game, he also appeared oh, no in. No shit. Until dawn. Oh yeah. He was the nice. flamethrower guy. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And what yeah. happened to him? Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's hilarious. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. But we come back up on a vehicle traveling down an empty road. Behind the wheel is Paul, played by Rob Moran. Next to him is his wife, Aubrey, played by some lady. Hey, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Played obviously by Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, (laughs) as I live and breathe, why do birds suddenly appear? (laughs) Tone it down. All right, I'll make it brief. This is. (laughs) What do you say? Cut it out. Yeah, cut it out. (laughs) Knock it off. This is the first film I ever saw Barbara Crampton in. Okay. And it um, was great. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm always happy to see Barbara Crampton. Of course. Everybody knows that. This is only the second time we've covered a film featuring Barbara Crampton, which is kind of a crime. We need to rectify that. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I recognize dude from being an asshole and other stuff. He's a dickhead boyfriend and Kingpin. Really? Yeah. I was like, what is he doing here? Like, what the fuck? Like probably going to be a dickhead. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to be an asshole or something. Just immediately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you had talked in your opening about um, horror movie references. Mm-hmm. That shot of the car in the distance. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. But when they pass a house, Aubrey says that it looks like Eric Harson is home. Paul comments that Eric left his wife for a college student, so he thinks that they live there full time now. Aubrey remarks that it's a shame, but Paul just says that it's so isolated up here that it might be nice for them to have a neighbor. And Aubrey half-heartedly agrees. I kind of like I understand the necessity for that line. Yeah. But it's very funny. It's like yeah. it's, there's like nobody out here. <laughs> like even if we were like screaming and stuff, nobody would be probably couldn't hear. Not that we will be, but if we did. We have a great weekend plan. <laughs> <laughs> they continue driving until they reach like a literal mansion. This house was fucking insane. Yeah. It was. It's a real home. Oh my god all right they used it for the production and i believe they had to build false walls inside Mm -hmm. so that it didn't damage the actual property and they also used a lot of plastic for reasons that we'll discover (laughs) (laughs) but when i saw the house i was gonna write down in my notes i was gonna say can you imagine owning a house like this yeah and i just stopped it can you imagine owning a house because we're millennials (laughs) that about sums it up but they unpack suitcases from the trunk and head to the front door. Paul is taken aback when he finds that the door is open, but they go inside anyway. I don't. We're coming from where now? I don't know if this is like a, a vacation home because everything's like covered up and right. stuff. Yeah. Well, they kind of explain later why he has the house. Yeah. But I don't think this is their Well, primary. I was going to say, but okay. it's not their, their yeah. home, no. but, their main home. Okay, so then that should be even more worried to not go inside. Absolutely. 
Because how long has this been sitting here? Yeah. And anybody could be in there doing anything. Not, e- not even that. If if there's nobody in there, is there fucking like a snake in there or raccoons <laughs> or is there oh, something? Yeah, I mean, that's the true. door's been open. You're in the fucking, is you're the out snake in the wild. armed? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, they usually are. Yeah, hold on now, because now that's even more scary. Now I'm even more yeah. scared. A snake with arms. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that you are worried about the animals and you should be. Ah, yeah. very good. Very good. But as I said, the furniture is still covered in sheets. And Paul says that it doesn't look like anyone has been there. He, he comes to this conclusion uh, a bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. He literally took one look uh-huh. inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Aubrey goes into the dining room as Paul leaves out to the car again to get the groceries. She begins to pull the sheets off of the furniture. That night, traveling down the road in another car are Aaron, played by Sharni Vinson, and Crispin, played by A.J. Bowen. Consulting a map, Aaron comments that his parents really live far out here, and Crispin is like, I guess. He says that his father retired from KPG last year and got a huge severance package. Aaron is taken aback and asks if he's talking about KPG, the defense contractor, and he sheepishly says yes, but his father was only in marketing. Aaron bites her tongue and Crispin jokingly asks if having dinner with fascists is going to be a problem for her. She says no with a smile. So what I advertising is or marketing marketing. Yeah. So what? What? How, I mean, he uh, markets. What yeah, I, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> he comes up with the ads. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like what? What was the company? I do not know. K- K- KPG. A defense, right? Yeah. So like security, maybe. Keep playing with guns. I don't yeah. know. Right. Is Keep blasting in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> um, I just know he's the Don Draper of whatever it is. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Which apparently makes him less culpable. <laughs> <laughs> We did. Uh, we were talking off mic that this was an interesting addition. Mm-hmm. Um, this little wrinkle, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> I also do want to call out her little uh, keychain light. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't realize until my second watch that it's important. Yeah, yeah. and that it exists. Yeah, that yeah. too. Aaron insists that she wants to meet his family and hopes that there will be good booze there. Crispin seems a little weird here and says that there probably won't be good booze because his mom is on medication. Aaron doesn't ask any follow-up questions, but proposes that they stop and get alcohol on the way, and Crispin agrees. Back at the house, Aubrey sweeps the kitchen. She's dumping the trash into a trash can when something thuds upstairs, like undeniably. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard enough to shake the chandelier above the dining room table. She's scared again when Paul comes into the room telling her that he lit the furnace. In all fairness, he yelled that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey yeah. mask? Ah! It's like, come on, dude. He asks if she's okay and she whispers, asking if he was just upstairs, but he wasn't. He was in the basement. She tells him that she heard footsteps upstairs. She says, I think there's someone in the house. She drops the broom and dustpan and runs to the door, telling Paul that they need to get out of here. Paul refuses, though. He tells her to go outside while he checks upstairs. Aubrey is insistent that there is someone up there, despite Paul dismissing it as just a creaky house. Aubrey's the only one making sense. Yeah, she is. And I wondered watching this the second time if the whole oh, my mom's on medication, if we were supposed to think that she's unreliable. Oh, because I don't know why else that was mentioned or why the fuck else. Paul's like, it's fine. <laughs> like, I would hope, John Paul, that you'd be like, oh, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Well, well, no. Yeah. But even if 
if the whole medication thing is tried to be used, we just heard no, yeah, what she heard. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, even that is like we okay. We saw the chandelier shit. Now all that all that makes me think is, oh, your kids are just dickheads. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. you're, so I mean, yeah, no. If you hear something. Especially if it's just us two and we're out in the fucking wilderness. Yes. And so I ga- Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> and also, let's both consider... Actually, let's all three of us consider... <laughs> <laughs> let's all three of us... I was, I was Aubrey and Paul. For <laughs> <laughs> me and you. Just me and her. Um, let's all three of us consider the fact that the door has been open for a month. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Too. Yeah. So there could, somebody could have a life up there. <laughs> no Aubrey, shit. Yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He picks up a cane and asks if she'll be happy if he takes this with him. I think it's like it's like a like an umbrella stand, but with canes inside of <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, and it's like a pretty ornate cane. It is. Yeah. Aubrey's not happy with this, but she finally relents and steps outside, telling her husband to be careful as he closes the door. Now, I feel like any good you know mystery, you got to have your red herrings, and I I wonder if Paul was supposed because this was fucking weird. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's very weird. I mean, but he seems so genuinely wanting to. Yeah, that's why he would be a good heel. Oh, okay. I guess that doesn't work. <laughs> Paul heads upstairs calling out hello as Aubrey stands out in the cold on the porch. He pushes open a door that seems pretty battered on the bottom and turns on the light to the room. He continues into a bathroom, but freezes when he hears a thudding sound, too. He starts to open a closet door that was left ajar, but someone grabs his shoulder from behind and scares him. It's Crispin. I'm sorry, dude, but this family continues to have a problem. <laughs> no, yeah. Announcing themselves. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, it starts here and it never ends. What well, he and then he's like, "Why is mom outside crying? Is it because your name is Crispin?" He's like, "Get the <laughs> fuck out of here!" I, well, say, da- why can't like you said announce yourself? Why can't you, dad or whatever? Where <laughs> on on JP's behalf, I'd like to apologize <laughs> any to any Crispins listening. <laughs> but you could have just said, "Dad, what are you doing?" Or, yeah, "Hey, dad, something. it's me, Crispin." Yeah. <laughs> Or something. Anything. <laughs> Grabbing yeah, him anything. by the shoulder? Yeah, it was a bit much. On what planet that's is that? That's how you get yeah, caned. No, yeah. Like, yeah. That's oh, how you yeah. get your ass beat. That's why he grabbed the cane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Paul yells at his son that he scared the shit out of him, and the two share a laugh. It's completely forgotten that he was about to investigate this closet. Yeah. Well, he's happy to see his son. <laughs> he's happy to see Crispin. Yeah, but I'd be even happier, like, oh, hey, good thing you're here. You're I was just, yeah. 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 Help me open this closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Crispin doesn't want to start the night on a bad note, but he does ask why his mother is on the front step crying. The two head back downstairs, but as they turn off the lights and we hear their footsteps depart, we stay upstairs. After a moment, the closet door that Paul was just about to inspect begins to creak further open. The calls are coming from inside the house. Always. Mm. Um, my first thought is fear. Yeah. MTV Sphere, as you said yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of MTV Sphere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in retrospect, 
this is a lot. Like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> after you've watched the film, you're like, I don't know that they <laughs> would or should be doing that. Yeah. Why? But in the moment, it's a very good way to build the tension. Right. Yeah. Because we're not really going to have a lot of this for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so you're right because you're waiting for that shoe to drop yeah. for a while because it's confirmed. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But outside, Aaron is consoling Aubrey when Crispin and Paul come back out. Paul assures her that her and Crispin checked every room on the second floor, but there's no one there. I don't know if he's flat out lying yeah. or just like. I think he's just saying it to make her feel better. Well, can you just but, do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the cane for if you're not checking everything? Right. Yeah. Not only that, your son's here now. Yeah. Yeah. You, know you got I mean? back up. Yeah. Split up like Scooby-Doo. Fucking. No, stay no, together. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always get killed in these things. Yeah. <laughs> but Aubrey dismisses herself as silly and tells Crispin that he must be so embarrassed. He assures her that he's not. Aaron and Paul make introductions as Crispin hugs his mother. He announces that they brought whiskey and Paul proposes that they take the party inside. Crispin hangs back for a moment with Aaron and when she laughs and asks what's going on, he tells her, don't ask. Later, Aaron brushes her teeth in one of the bathrooms. Crispin is getting ready to get into bed and she calls out to him asking if Paul bought this place to fix up. Crispin says that he did. It was supposed to be a retirement project, but he thinks his dad really has only paid other people to work on it. That line really stuck out to me Mm -hmm. as a little resentful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little interesting. No big deal. Nah. He loves loves his father. Yeah, he's his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron hops into bed, the spring's squeaking, and Crispin tells her to be careful because the bed's got to be 100 years old. Aaron says that his parents seem really cool for people with money and that he's lucky. Crispin mutters that he guesses, but she insists again that he is. She says he doesn't understand what most people would do to have parents like this. Crispin is like, whatever that means. (laughs) What else could it mean? Yeah, no shit. Wouldn't, I mean, I feel like maybe because I'm nosy or maybe because like I'm, I would genuinely be interested. What do you mean by that? Like what, you know, what's Mm -hmm. going on that you would say that? Because that's not something that someone would just say. No, but uh, they leave it there. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron switches off her lamp and cuddles up to Crispin. She asks if his brothers and sister are coming tomorrow, and he says that they are. Tomorrow is their parents' actual anniversary. Aaron asks if you can imagine 35 years, and he admits that he really can't. She says that she's looking forward to meeting the rest of his family tomorrow, but he says that there's something. There's something. Yeah. I'd be a little worried. I would, too. I don't think that's a uh, good thing to say. No. No. Uh, it would be like oh no you know my brother's a character but you'll love him or that's, whatever that's it's, like, the, it's always framed as like oh he's gonna make some stupid jokes but he's really a good guy yeah, like yeah. i mean uh, there's no he's just yeah they fucking suck they're awful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're awful people i also didn't like his answer when she's like can you imagine 35 years and he's like no, no. <laughs> yeah i thought that was a little strange too right? especially not with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> good night yeah. <laughs> But he tells her it's been a long time since the whole family was together. So this should be interesting. When she asks what he means, he tells her that she'll see. That would piss me off. Yeah. Yeah. Don't surprise me like that. (laughs) Meanwhile, Aubrey goes down to the kitchen to get water so she can take her medicine. 
We see her through the window where there is a reflection of a white mask. She finishes her medicine, oblivious, before making her way back to her bedroom, turning off the lights behind her. So real quick, I know this is something small, but I, I was just like, what the hell? So <laughs> she pulled uh, uh, the jug of water out or like the pitcher of water from the fridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that all the water you have? How are you like, do you have to fill it back up when you're done with that and then wait? Like, Yeah, it was pretty small. I how, think it, it's, how like long an aesthetic, cold? it's like an aesthetic thing. Well, probably for an hour or so, a few hours. Mm. Look, we got to <laughs> drink our water. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the family drinks like the water. a machine that keeps it cold. Maybe there not. probably is. That's what I'm saying. It's 2011. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you take things out of big things and then you put them into smaller things because they look cuter. I just don't want to wait for my water. To <laughs> <laughs> I um, really enjoyed that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciated it. I saw an interview with the director of photography, a guy called Andrew Palermo. He said that the original idea was for that mask that we saw to be reflected, and he was very vague, to be reflected in something shiny in the kitchen. All right. <laughs> and All right. it wouldn't work. They couldn't get it to work to where the shot lined up and it looked good. Mm-hmm. And it was his idea to say, well, what about the window? And it's brilliant. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's really good because it also implies... Like either because we know somebody was up in the closet. Mm -hmm. So either this person is wandering around like freely and Uh nobody's catching them or there's more than one. Right. I will say um, that (laughs) it becomes an issue for me, but it becomes an issue for me because I'm me. It's not the film's fault. (laughs) It's not you. It's me. Yeah. (laughs) But I have seen this film probably between eight and ten times. Uh God damn. And it wasn't until we watched it for the show that I realized... (laughs) That there aren't like twelve of these guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. I thought there were so many of them. Yeah. Um, because really, they shouldn't be getting away with what they're getting. Yeah. Away with. No. Hey. In all fairness, uh, I for a little bit I did too, and then as the movie goes on, I was like, twelve. I, I, yeah. Well, I was like, I, I'm wrong. Yes. And it wasn't until I looked at the cast list and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I will say I like their um, masks. I think they're very cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're not bad. Um, There's one I don't like as much. uh, Fair enough. Their original plan was just to find animal masks in a store Mm -hmm. and paint them white as an homage to Halloween. Okay. Mm. But then Wingard got with Emma Potter, the costume designer. Uh Uh-huh. She also worked on uh, True Detective, which is pretty cool. Hell yeah. All right. But they came up with this idea. They also made it to where each of these people has different, um, I guess, costumes that reflect what is supposed to be their personality. I don't think we get enough of that. No. Yeah. I, which is why I thought there were like 12 of them. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a different dude. Yeah, I wouldn't even have guessed that <laughs> no. from what no. we got. No. no. I will say the masks are memorable. They are. And yeah. I don't know the timetable of this, but I think they might have clearly been used by the Wyatt family. I was I was going to ask because I know you like them. Yeah. So I was going to ask. <laughs> kind of like what Bray Wyatt uses. It's, uh, pretty close. <laughs> might have clearly yeah. <laughs> I was hedging my bets, yeah. but also letting you all know. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, Crispin wakes up and heads downstairs. He's the last one up. Even Aaron sits in the living room with his family. Now, for me, I was like, this is this bitch is brave. She's on her game. 
I don't know your family and you're still asleep. I'm huddling in the corner of the bedroom until you wake up <laughs> and we're going down together. Or just wake me up. Well, either yeah. way. But she's like, no, I'm up. I'll go say hello. I'm yeah. like, you're a bad bitch. Dude. Yeah. There is no, no way. No. <laughs> I just can't. Do it. I don't have it in me. Crispin's brother, Drake, played by Joe Swanberg, and Drake's wife, Kelly, played by Margaret Laney, sit with her having a conversation. I want to say, okay, of course, this is one of many directors who are actors in this film. Yeah. Joe Swanberg is such a likable guy as Joe Swanberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this dude in this film because he is unbelievable. <laughs> he is <He's> trash. It's, <laughs> no, yeah. it's mm-hmm. beyond. It is beyond. And to see him playing it only makes it funny. Yeah. When Crispin enters the room, Drake gets up and begins to play fight with his brother. But Crispin does not seem as amused as he does. Kelly gets up to greet him, and before Crispin can kiss her hello, Drake says not to kiss his wife because it's gross. It's very funny because <laughs> as Drake's trying to wrestle him, for some reason, Crispin's going, Kelly, Kelly! Yeah! Kelly kisses Crispin on the cheek, and Aaron invites him over to give her a kiss instead. As Crispin sits with his girlfriend, Drake continues to poke fun at Crispin's weight, saying that when he was younger, he looked like a chubby little angel. Crispin reasons that this is just because he has a round face, but Drake continues to mock him. The brothers bicker while watching TV, and Aaron pops a stick of gum in her mouth and goes over to look at a framed photo on the wall. It's Aubrey and Paul sitting on the couch with all of their adult children standing behind them. Now I get sibling stuff, but god damn, dude. No, he's, this is beyond. <laughs> this, he's fucking mean. Yeah. yeah. He's mean. I feel like, I mean, and this is kind of the stereotypical sibling relationship you see in films a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, I never treated anybody. No, like that. Like fucking, you don't. No. You shouldn't treat anyone like that. Let alone yeah. your sibling. Yeah, I got two older brothers. Uh-huh. And yeah, my oldest brother, you know, he was, like I said, we played rough. But even as we got older, and like obviously they're older now, uh-huh. um, we, we he doesn't treat us like that. One would hope, yeah, not. yeah, no. <laughs> and aside from that dynamic, you also see. First of all, to me, I would think this would be the ideal situation. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you see your significant other getting along very well yeah. with your family. Yeah, he fucking comes in annoyed. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, so you hate these people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron goes into the kitchen to find Aubrey washing dishes. So I guess they ate too. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas just out. She asks if Aubrey needs any help with anything, but Aubrey assures her that she's fine. As Aaron turns to leave, she stops her, realizing that she is out of milk. She asks Aaron to go over to their neighbor Eric's house and get some milk from him. Aaron is happy to help and leaves, telling Aubrey that she'll be right back. Outside, Paul is showing his sons, I guess, wood that he's lacquering, I guess. I don't know. We, ne- we don't really see it, but they're like, they're like wow, oh, wow, dad. <laughs> that looks great. You know what I thought? Because I, I watched this twice, but every single time that this scene came on, I looked at my notes. Right. I, th- <laughs> I thought he was preparing a brisket <laughs> for dinner. And I was like, well, you started early. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, dad. dad. <laughs> great that work. That looks delicious. they seem very engrossed by it until Aaron comes out and takes their picture Paul asks her to join them but she tells them that she's on an errand for Aubrey to get milk from Eric I wouldn't let you go by yourself that's actually a fair point 
I know like, it's I'll a, keep you company or yeah, like anything. Yeah. I know it's a walk, but even though you're you're not familiar with this, yeah. I am. Not only that, you're going al- alone yes. <laughs> to Christmas the neighbor's like, house. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't have my milk. Oh my God, Bro. you're right. I'm your neighbor's son's girlfriend. Can yeah. I have some yeah. milk, please? Sure yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, after the dumb shit that happened with me and my brother, maybe I, w- I need to go for Talk a Talk shit about my yeah, brother. That's, yeah. He's always like yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what I told you last night? Yeah. yeah. I, I thought as well that Paul had said that they were isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How far is the walk? Yeah, that's that's true too. Because yeah. they did keep driving. Yeah. Is that a big ask? That's I don't know. All right. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> but she leaves, giving Crispin the "I see you" hand signal. You know that we see each other thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once she's gone, Drake does it to Crispin, mocking them. But Crispin tells him to stop. Drake leaves, saying that he's going to go check on Kelly. Now that they're alone, Paul asks Crispin how the fellowship thing turned out, and Crispin has to admit that it didn't go so good. He says that there are a lot of applicants this year, and since he hasn't published anything recently, but Paul interjects that there are people who haven't been published that still get the fellowship. I was like, damn, dad, like, <laughs> yeah. ah, give, me, give me a break, dude. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next <What>? excuse. <laughs> Crispin has nothing to say to this. Drake goes back to his room to find Kelly drying her hair after a shower. She inspects her skin in the mirror and Drake comes up behind her. She asks where Crispin found that girl and Drake guesses student, former student, current student. Kelly says that she bets Aaron is annoying (laughs) because her accent is so jarring. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought that too. I was like, what the fuck? I, I don't understand how you make that leap. It's so yeah. bizarre. The accent is awesome. Yeah. It is. Drake doesn't comment and instead unhooks her bra as she brushes her hair. She's not into it and tells him as such, putting her bra back on. He scoffs and heads into the room, asking if they have any Vicodin, and she tells him yes in her purse. Aaron walks up to Eric's house and knocks on the door. There's music playing loudly inside and nobody answers. Inside, the stereo replays the CD and looking for the magic begins to play again. (laughs) As Aaron asks if anyone is home, the camera pans over to the couch to find Eric propped up, eyes open and motionless. Aaron finally gives up and walks away, the music blaring in the house loudly behind her. So I, I obviously we can all agree the song is great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad and I hope they visit the neighbors again. But... I don't know if I would have or not, because I'm not in the situation. Would you have looked in the window? Honestly, if I see, that's the problem here. I don't know these people. No. Mm -hmm. But if I if your sister knew who, you know what I mean? You were with your family. Yeah. We're together. And She went with me. Then, oh, this is such and such place. Mr. You know, whatever. Hey, you know, yeah. it, you know, it's me, you know, it's Catherine's daughter or whatever. And nobody's, yeah. you Catherine. know, yeah, well, I'm <laughs> throwing out names. <laughs> I think my thing is I, in my mind, I would want to do everything that I could to please my significant other's family. Yeah. And now I'm coming back with no milk. Yeah. yeah. There's no, no milk yeah. for dinner. 
whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever the plan is for the brisket or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Our milk brisket is yeah. ruined. Because we're having brisket. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Travis's yeah. fault. <laughs> Everyone looks at me. There's a spotlight. So that's no, me right. looking in the window. Yeah. I need some milk, sir. He forgot the milk. Yeah, can He's you like, believe no. this? He's out of the family. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'd probably look in the window. But I understand. Yeah. That night, Amy, played by Amy Simons, arrives with her boyfriend, Tariq, played by Ty West. Aubrey rushes inside, overjoyed to see her daughter. With them is the youngest brother, Felix, played by Nicholas Tucci, and his girlfriend, Z, played by Wendy Glenn. Aubrey hugs Felix and is introduced to Tariq and Z. I just have a couple things here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Firstly, I think we can all agree that Z is cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, I am learning. I am learning to forgive Ty West. <laughs> Honestly, when I gave his credit, I like looked over. I know. Thought you were gonna say something. I I I did not appreciate <laughs> his contribution to the ABCs of death, but I have enjoyed House of the Devil. Yeah, I did like Pearl. Yes, X was pretty all right. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. You know, yeah. there, you're winning me over. <laughs> yes, slowly but surely. I did also want to say Amy playing Amy. It's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> well, one is A-I-M-E-E and one is A-M-Y. Completely different names. Yes. Right. I also wanted to say like it's so interesting um, reading that Entertainment Weekly article because it kind of broke down how everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. And just very quickly, just listen to this for a second. Okay. Larry Fessenden financed Ty West's early career efforts and at his first film debut at a festival, he met Joe Swanberg and Swanberg cast him and Amy Simons in a film who West knows through a mutual friend. So they already knew each other. Right. Then Wingard and Barrett worked together on a film starring Swanberg and Simons who Wingard knew from a Fessenden produced film. That's ridiculous. All right. It is so the, ridiculous. This was all meant to. Yes. Yeah. 10 more points if you can link it to Kevin Bacon. Um, He watched it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I got. <laughs> Kevin Bacon is also in movies. (laughs) But Aubrey is warm to them and invites everyone inside. Amy follows Aubrey inside, asking where Crispin is and if he brought his new girlfriend. Z comes up last, taking a drag off her cigarette before they head inside. I thought it was weird that nobody knows anybody. Yeah, I mean, your parents' 35th anniversary and everybody's bringing a partner that no one has met. Yeah. Well, how long has it been? Since they've been together as a family. Crispin said a while. Very good. Yeah, yeah, that means something different to everyone. But inside, Amy rushes to Crispin and gives him a hug and introduces him to Tariq. She's very warm to Aaron, greeting her by name with a hug and telling her that she's beautiful. Felix and Z shake Aaron's hand. And when Paul comes into the room, Amy runs and hugs him, introducing him to Tariq as well. When Paul offers wine, Crispin, Felix, and Z all raise their hands to partake. Paul greets his son Felix with a handshake, and Aubrey tearfully says from the doorway that it just means so much that they're all here. She sincerely thanks them for coming before leaving the room. Aaron tells Crispin that Aubrey is so cute. Such a sweet family. You love to see it. Uh huh. I'm sure we won't have any issues. <laughs> There's definitely. It's just what you know. What you see is what you get. Yeah. It's a loving, rich family. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. They all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we get an exterior shot of the house with some ominous music before we see them again inside. 
They sit at the dining room table while a fire burns in the fireplace. Paul requests for everyone to bow their heads and leads the table in prayer as they all hold hands. The rest of the table bow their heads, but Aaron and Crispin give each other a look and Z rolls her eyes at Felix as she chews on gum. The prayer concludes and Drake throws in a thank you to his parents for having them all here together. <laughs> it's like you should, you know what I mean? He should. But what we know of him so far, I'm like, kiss ass. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I do think that Crispin's reaction is a little much because <laughs> everyone can see you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says that it's their pleasure <laughs> and Aubrey tells Drake that she loves him. Crispin openly rolls his eyes at all of this. <laughs> Making conversation, Drake asks Tariq what he does for a living. Tariq says that he's a filmmaker and everyone's like, oh, wow. Drake says that he doesn't know any other filmmakers and that it's interesting. Tariq says he's only made one documentary and it was at the Cleveland Underground Film Festival in 2008. Drake asks if an underground film festival means that they show the films underground and Aaron and Crispin laugh to each other. Drake is like, well, do you do commercials? Because they're my favorite. Tariq and Amy both tell him no, but he insists that commercials are the height of the art form these days, short and punchy. <laughs> Kelly agrees that that's why she watches TV now. And Drake says that the commercials are better than the shows. Amy says again that Tariq makes documentaries, but he says that he's sure he's seen <laughs> documentary commercials. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that has never been a like, thing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he dude. is just being a fucking he asshole. Oh, he is. He is. Like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> I'd be so fucking embarrassed. Yes. It is. Like, it's you? very embarrassing. And what I think what's funny to me is that I think Drake... <laughs> Bought himself some time with that pre-dinner kindness. Yeah. Because nobody's checking <laughs> yeah. him on this. Oh, no. Like, well, he did thank us for dinner. Amy's, Amy's getting annoyed, yeah, but, but th that's it. Aubrey's like, go on, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the thing for me um, that made me laugh even harder at this is to learn two things. One, and this is where we get the mumble gore. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, I keep saying that. Uh-huh. It's naturalistic dialogue in a film with a very low budget. That's really all that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I what, didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what mumble core means. Mumble gore is when it's in a horror film. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> this scene, that exchange that you just saw yeah. is improvised. Oh, oh right, that's right, hilarious. Right. And it's improvised because Joe Swanberg is a filmmaker. Right. It's improvised based on things that his oh, relatives oh, said wow. to him. So I'm so yeah. sorry, yeah. Joe Swanberg. Yeah. <laughs> that you had to deal with that. When he asked if they showed the films underground, yeah. that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that was infuriating. It is, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. So it's a cave or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, very cool, very yeah, cool. Yeah, very cool, very cool. But again, talking about commercials, he says that they don't have to be limited to just one thing and that the whole starving artist thing never made any sense to him. <laughs> he tells Tariq, just consider it. <laughs> so there's some advice for free. I would be like, T, shut up. <laughs> Stop. I do want to say, I, I think when you have Paul, we say that his background's in marketing. Why doesn't he have anything to say? Yeah. Oh, well, that's I don't, true. Yeah. Have some input. Be a part of the scene. That's yeah. true. 
But Drake's attention is drawn to Aaron and Crispin as they joke with each other and Crispin switches their wine glasses. Unable to help himself, he asks Aaron if she's still in school. She is. She says she's in her final year finishing up her master's in literature. Drake says that that's good for her, but immediately asks if she was Crispin's student. I do want to say, um, after he's finished slaughtering Tariq, <laughs> <laughs> there is a shot of Drake noticing them, and yeah. it's like, oh, what's going on on this side? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just aiming. <laughs> he just moves on to another target. And again, Paul and Aubrey do nothing. Yeah. They're not like, Drake, finish your dinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's no let him go. way. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> He's a grown man. Why don't? What do we eat? Let's yeah. eat. Let's so, eat. Oh no, that's still my son. Yeah, yes. you need to shut the fuck up. He's like, all right, you're pissing everybody off. Dude. I feel like you've talked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else's turn. <laughs> but Aaron admits that she was Crispin's student, but she's not anymore. Crispin elaborates that she was his TA, but they stopped that arrangement because they didn't feel it was appropriate. Drake quietly says that it's unprofessional, (laughs) but when Crispin asks him to repeat himself, he feigns ignorance. Crispin reminds him that he called him unprofessional, but Drake says that he was just agreeing with him. He turns to their mother saying he thought Crispin said it was unprofessional. (laughs) It's like, mom, help me out here. I don't, what have I done? But Crispin tells him not to talk to their mother when he's right there. Paul snaps at Crispin, telling him that they're trying to have dinner here. But Crispin says he's trying to have a conversation with his brother. I love that Drake set this whole fire, but they're like, Crispin, that's enough. Well, who is being confrontational? Come on, man. Yeah. And if you're just looking, if you're just looking, if you're just looking on the surface, who raised their voice? Who? It's like the thing where you get into an argument. That's bullshit. And then someone's like, no, fuck you. And it's like, hey, you need to calm down. Wow, you're really loud. Yeah. Who's the one that's getting in trouble? That's what mom used to tell me when I was young. Yeah. You make really good points, but the way you say them, <laughs> you just say them so loud. It's the volume. Like, yeah. no, listen to the points. Well, nobody's. Yeah. And plus, I'm <laughs> watching what's happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, but, no. I... And I'm just trying to give Barbara Crampton the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, is all. Crispin tells Drake that he's not in any position to be judging. Crispin's moral decisions. This causes the brothers to go back and forth. Crispin asserting that Drake has been picking at him this whole time and he's sick of it and Drake denying all allegations. Finally, Drake tells Crispin that Crispin is just jealous of him. (laughs) That's bold. Yeah. Very. This causes more back and forth. Aubrey trying to yell over them finally to calm down. My question is it's never answered. What has drake done oh yeah yeah because crispin was pretty certain yeah we don't get we don't get that far the moral high ground i Mm -hmm. guess Tariq notices something though gets up from the table and walks over to the window he asks what the fuck is that we see something shatter the glass and out of frame standing behind paul Tariq's body reacts to impact Aaron turns around and first notices the shards of glass on the floor as the family continues to argue. She looks up at the window where there was now a hole broken into the glass. Drake abandons his argument with his brother and stares at disbelief behind him. Crispin turns to see what he's looking at and we finally see Tariq stumbling silently with an arrow in the center of his head. 
I do want to say I love this reveal a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Person to person. The film was edited by Adam Wingard as well. Okay. He did, he did a great no, job. Yeah. And he cut that together so well because the suspense of it, you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. But it's seeing it on everybody's faces, figuring out what's going on. And the fact that we're like the focus in the frame is still them at the table yeah. but in the background mm-hmm. constantly you see him moving or you see and it's like oh fuck something horrible yeah. just happened what was funny to me is that Crispin has his back to everything and so he's like no no you're gonna listen yeah. to what- <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like Crispin Crispin, Crispin. Yeah. <laughs> Tariq collapses to the ground and all hell breaks loose Amy is hysterical and tries to rush to her boyfriend's body while most of the family drops to the ground. Another arrow comes flying through the window and Aaron snaps into action, trying to pull Amy from Tariq's body with Crispin's help. Aubrey still stands next to the window and when Drake tries to move her out of the way, he's shot in the back with an arrow. He falls to the ground screaming and another arrow comes in shattering a vase. The sequence of him catching the arrow always makes me wince it's like yeah. oh because it's the way it hits him and he's like oh. yeah. <laughs> well, God damn. why are you standing there mom well yeah he, you know he... no <laughs> no <laughs> move if if we don't like anybody there just grab me and let's back <laughs> like let's just go i yeah. honestly got pretty pissed off at felix and z yeah the way that they're like <laughs> we're on this side yeah <laughs> why are y'all still in there yeah, though like, that's in all honesty let's get out of here yeah i mean i don't need to stick around and i do understand your filmmaker boyfriend is no longer with us but he's really no longer with us yeah he's not getting any done it? yeah. <laughs> and it's not yeah. like he made commercials or anything important yeah. so. <laughs> rest in peace let's move on <laughs> aaron crawls underneath the table emerging on the other side and physically pulls aubrey down to the ground away from the windows the family is screaming and huddled together on the floor, except for Felix and Z, who just stand in the doorway watching. <laughs> you guys better get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're safe over here. Yeah, you should have come over here. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly is inconsolable, and Aaron tries to get her to stay calm and stay down, but Kelly screams that they're all going to die. Felix tries to get Signal on his phone, and Paul doesn't understand how there isn't any service because he used his phone today. Felix proposes that whoever is doing this is using a jammer. They're illegal, but you can find them on the internet for like 30 bucks. Even in his pain and with the arrow still jutting from his back, Drake takes this opportunity to call his brother a fucking lowlife. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> really, dude? Yes. Like, Felix, you fucking lowlife. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is why he's my favorite. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's awful. But he's, he's horrible, hilarious. but he's very, very, very funny. But Felix insists that he's just trying to help. The conversation is cut short, however, when another arrow flies in and lands in the framed family portrait. Aaron coordinates a procedure for them to leave the dining room, using the dining chairs as cover when they pass the window. We see from outside someone poised with a crossbow following Amy as she hides behind the chair and darts past the window. I did like the shot of the family photo. Mm. yeah for two reasons one it was set up earlier when aaron looked at it yeah and two there's a decent amount of symbolism there yeah Yeah. very good i didn't pick up on that i don't why didn't anybody crawl like under the window i think they were afraid of getting shot in the ass (laughs) yeah but somebody's running with the chair just go specifically in the ass ass, i don't know two at a time two at a time if you're crawling away your ass is very vulnerable (laughs) 
<laughs> is your ass in the air? Well, you're crawling away. I don't know. I haven't crawled away from an arrow before. <laughs> yeah, me either. Ask, you go ass first. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone oh. knows that. So you get shot in the face. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Great, great, great. If these are my choices. We all got to make, make tough decisions. With everyone else gone, Erin grabs a fireplace poker and a chair. She follows suit, using it as cover, but the person outside decides to shoot this time. Yeah. Yeah. It hits the back of the chair and Erin abandons it, running the rest of the way out of the room. In the living room, Kelly asks if they're supposed to pull the arrow out of Drake's back. Aaron advises her not to pull or clip the arrow, but instead teaches her how to place her hands to provide light pressure around it. I do want to say Aaron obviously has the right idea. Yeah. It did make me laugh very hard because the question was asked, are we supposed to pull this out? And someone goes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so certain. <laughs> And that's why Aaron had to step in. She's like, dude, no. No. They don't want to look at it anymore. (laughs) It is gross. (laughs) I I did notice. (laughs) They're like, duh, get the fuck out of there. Don't do that. I can't look at that all night. (laughs) Drake calls out that he needs drugs and Kelly has the family pass her purse over. She goes into her bag to get the pills. Drake takes them and Aaron leaves to peek out the small window in the front door. Paul stands and peeks out of the other window. When they say that they don't see anyone, Felix suggests that someone make a run to the cars and try to get help. But Aubrey screams no. They start to ask who the fastest runner is. And Crispin quietly says that he is. But Drake proclaims that he is. But he has an arrow in his back. (laughs) Crispin asks what an arrow in his back has to do with his legs. And Kelly (laughs) screams that he has an arrow in his back. (laughs) Crispin just snaps at her to stop yelling at him. (laughs) Drake and Crispin devolve into another argument when Drake body shames him. Amy, sobbing, says that she's actually the fastest and none of them give her any credit for anything. Aaron says that it doesn't matter. Nobody needs to go out there because they don't know how many people there are. But Paul insists that they all believe in Amy. Emboldened, Amy stands and takes off her earrings, saying that she can run three miles in 23 minutes. Aaron runs after her, but Crispin grabs her and pulls her onto the floor with him. Felix tells Amy that he believes in her. All she needs to do is get somewhere with the phone so that she can call for help. I did. I laughed at Paul trying to set his daughter's mind at ease. Yeah. Through the chaos. He's like, no, we believe in you. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> we, we believe in you. It's like very funny to me. Also, the fact that this is maybe the worst plan I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. No, why, no, yeah, yeah. Why? Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's so foolish. And it's so funny what Paul says as the door is open. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have it in your script, but I will tell you if you don't. I don't think I do. I don't know <laughs> it, what the history is with Amy's running. But yeah. Paul straight up says they won't expect her at top speed. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I was like, what? Maybe she's the fastest person How alive. I don't know. She that there's She's got, what, 10 feet from where she's at to the door? Yeah. That's not enough. You're, yeah, you're not reaching next. <laughs> what? No. He's like, they've got no fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what's what, coming. What, is she Sonic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she gets those red yeah, shoes on, she can't... <laughs> Felix and Z move a table out of the way, shattering another vase on the floor. 
Hold on, though. Because <laughs> that vase fell in slow motion. For no it reason. Was, it was very dramatic. Yes. The way that they, like, <laughs> it seemed like such a, a point. I was like, oh, she's going to cut her foot. She's yeah, yeah. Gonna, no, the face the face does not come into play again. No. A red herring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron pulls Z down onto the floor with them and Felix stands with his dad by the front door. I do hear the Paul says, whoever's outside <laughs> is not gonna expect Amy to come running out top <laughs> See, so this is the point in my note uh-huh. where I, I I put. I wish this would be more horror comedy because that would be fucking hilarious. Oh, that's that's very. Funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I was like, man, if this was like a Tucker and Dale or fucking. Uh, oh, Tucker and Dale. Yeah. Um. Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Like I was like, this would be fucking hilarious. But a lot of it's played serious. So I was like, am I supposed to be laughing? Or Again, what? that like is. I was so surprised when I finally watched this because that's not. It's like false advertising almost. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing. Because that, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, that was funny. Yes. It, it, nobody's going <laughs> to... What? what does that even yeah. mean? And I will say, honestly, the first time I watched it, the tension was so good that I wasn't laughing. Yeah. It's yeah. subsequent. That's true. Okay, yeah. okay. You know? But Paul says that she needs to go as soon as they open the door. Amy kicks her heels off, ready. They unlock the door and begin to pull it open. Amy takes off running and we see it all in slow motion. She goes through the door as her brother and father pull it open. But as soon as she crosses the threshold, her neck comes into contact with a wire strung tight and nearly invisible. Her rings go flying. (laughs) (laughs) I literally have that joke. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. No, but she falls backwards, Mm. bleeding from her neck, which is severely sliced open. Paul and Felix pull her the rest of the way inside, and Aaron rushes to shut the door, the now bloody wire still shaking from the impact. I was like, I could not have been expecting this less. Yeah, no, that hurt. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. And I think the side of the wire bobbing. Yeah. yeah, With the blood on it, it's like, oh, God. I did want to, because the neck wound looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I saw that one of the makeup people was alan tusks mm-hmm. he worked on it follows he worked on tusk 13 ghosts the damn. faculty damn so he's, he's royalty oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well pulp diction holy oh, shit right. kill bill oh nice okay. yeah i don't have any more <laughs> <laughs> i read that if she took one more step faster she would have took her head clean off <laughs> <laughs> Top speed. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> like we're honestly lucky yeah. that she didn't. Oh, she didn't get there yet. Yeah. Amy clutches her throat and gasps for air as the family tries to tend to her, and Aubrey screams hysterically. Aaron looks out the window again and spots the wire now made visible with Amy's blood. Finally, Amy stops struggling and quietly dies in a pool of her own blood on the carpet. Aubrey sobs and Paul comforts her. Z and Felix look down at her. Drake looks traumatized and Kelly sobs. Aaron stands, staring intently at the spreading pool of blood before running upstairs. Crispin runs after her. This is as like funny as the whole setup was. Amy was clearly their favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. And even if she wasn't, this is like, it's fucking horrible. Like, <laughs> and I, it's as, really sad. Yeah. As Aubrey continues, it's yeah. heart wrenching. It's like, mm. like the tone is just like, fuck. Like, it was, yeah. I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. At least pick up her rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so game the, over. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. When you die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but upstairs, he asks what she's doing. She says that they need to make sure all the doors and windows are locked. She goes around checking the windows, and Crispin stands in the hall catching his breath. When she comes back down the hall with her phone out, he stops her to ask what she's doing. She says in some places, if you call 911, it goes through as a voicemail. She says all you need is one bar to send a text. Crispin tells her that it's useless, but she says she has to keep trying. One thing I will say, and obviously not to give anything away too soon, but rewatching this on a second go, Mm -hmm. it's amazing how many seeds are planted Throughout the entire film. Yeah. And you totally understand everything. Mm -hmm. They have shots that are simply telling you exactly what you need to know. Right. Except you don't know that you need to know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Aaron comes back downstairs reporting that the upstairs is clear and it should be safer than down here. Aubrey continues to sob as they cover Amy's body with a sheet. Paul says that he's taking Aubrey upstairs and Aaron tells him that that's a good idea. She tells Drake that they need to do something about his shoulder, but he says it's okay because he doesn't even feel it anymore. To prove it, he touches it and makes no reaction. Aaron says that they're going to get out of this and they need to start with covering and locking all the windows. She locks the front door and Crispin looks at her strangely. He says he's never seen her act like this before and she points out that it's a unique situation. Whenever, would, out to lunch, like whenever would I be <laughs> acting like this? I, I do not know. What a yeah. weird thing to say. <laughs> Felix says that someone still needs to go outside and get help. He's really stuck on this somebody going outside yeah. thing. But if someone ran at top speed, I think... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Aaron says that they should all stay locked down here until the police come. She suggests that they hang an SOS sign in the upstairs window and Crispin volunteers to get a sheet from upstairs. Upstairs, Paul leads Aubrey to their bedroom. She's quieter now, but still overcome with grief. He puts her into bed and lays a blanket over her. She asks that he stay with her, but he says he needs to go check on the kids. What? I'd be like, first you didn't fucking listen to me when I said somebody was upstairs. Yes. Now you're now you're just you're leaving? Yeah. And I I think uh Crispin's girlfriend has everything under control. Yeah, you yeah can there's, sit here. there's really yeah. nothing more you can do. And honestly, you just checked on the kids. They were you did, yeah. you just left them. Doing terrible. Fine. Leave them there. I was trying to console Aubrey, but <laughs> they are pretty awful. <laughs> we're all in horrible shape. <laughs> They cry together for a moment and Paul leaves Aubrey sobbing in bed alone. He turns off the light behind him and closes the door. I know that obviously she's overcome with grief. She just saw something fucking terrible and horrific. I would not want to be up there in a room in the dark by myself. There's literally it's not like, oh, the police took them away. Even then I wouldn't want to be by myself. They're still actively out there. Well, this is all Paul's fault. Yeah, it is. Because she she's <laughs> yeah, is. dealing with it in her way. Yeah. yeah. He needs to just be there. Yeah. yeah I, I'm like, dude. <laughs> like, uh, okay. I'm going to go see if they want some juice. Like, <laughs> yeah. no. He's like, we're still hosting. Yeah. Like, th- we're, you're being very rude. Wait, Aaron didn't grab the bill? <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Dinner's ruined. Mm-hmm. Downstairs, Z covers the windows in the dining room and Felix drapes a sheet over Tariq's body, still lying on the floor with an arrow in his forehead. Aaron grabs a knife off the kitchen counter and begins closing and locking the windows, which are all open. Yes. Upstairs, Aubrey continues to sob in bed. Slowly and quietly, we see someone slide out from underneath. 
I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. The way that it was lit as well. Yeah. Just his hand. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It is Fox Mask, played by Lane Hughes. He's wearing a fox mask. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote it like that. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, you got to credit him. So you're saying, okay, here's the problem I had. And this is probably why I thought it was like 12 fucking people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every animal mask I saw, I think I saw a different animal in it. And so, <laughs> because my notes literally say, wow, under the bed sheep played the long game. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how I saw a sheep in the fox mask, but. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. Whenever I work on the script, I have IMDb open because if I get on my phone, I'm going to end up on fucking TikTok. So I need to open in the browser on the computer to give proper credits to the characters. Yes. I had a second window open with the three masks on it because I kept having to be like, is that a fox or a tiger? (laughs) So there's three masks. Okay. Uh, We might have to record this another day. (laughs) Like I fucked up a lot. It's going to be a doozy. But Fox stands over Aubrey and raises a machete. She rolls over and notices him. But just as she begins to scream, he brings the machete down. Downstairs, they all hear Aubrey scream and come running. As Aaron closes and locks the last window in the kitchen, someone punches through the window and grabs her hair. It's Tiger Mask, <laughs> played by Simon Barrett, the writer of the film. What animal did you say? Well, <laughs> I wrote, I can't believe the Wolfington brother <laughs> snagged her like that through the glass. Not the <laughs> So this is going to get confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Simon Barrett? <laughs> yes. Let's focus on what I got right. <laughs> he is the writer of the film, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she uses the knife and stabs through his arm, pinning him to the wall. She's able to run away as he yells in pain. He's pinned there, which looks pretty fucking horrific. That yeah. went through his entire arm. Yeah, and honestly, that that's kind of... Aaron was showing herself earlier. Yeah. yeah. But that's badass. Yes. Yeah. She immediately... Knee jerk. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. He screams as he tries to pull the knife out to free himself. Aaron thinks quickly and digs through drawers to find another knife. She grabs the cleaver and turns back to the window, but Tiger is gone. She looks out through the hole he left in the glass, but there is no one there. Drake kicks the door down to the upstairs bedroom. They walk inside to find Aubrey murdered in her bed. The machete still sticks out of her face and the words you're next are written on the wall in blood. I did at this point check the runtime Mm -hmm. and I was very upset to know how much of the film I had left. Without her? (laughs) Without Barbara Crampton. Yeah. (laughs) It happens so fast. So fast. So quick and off screen. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that that had me for a second questioning this. Oh, okay. I was like, we didn't see her die. Hold on. I was like, oh, I was <laughs> like, like, oh wait. Someone's going to be removing a machete from their head <laughs> later. <laughs> well, we've seen something like that True. before. For sure, yeah. She's like corn syrup, the same yeah. thing they used. <laughs> um, and also the scene, you're next on the wall. Yeah. So yeah. now to me, I'm like, oh, they're just going from house to house. Exactly. Yeah. This is fucking bonkers. Dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Paul is absolutely hysterical and has to be restrained by Crispin and Felix, who help him back downstairs where he sits on the steps and continues to sob. Mortified, Kelly approaches Aubrey's body. Drake heads downstairs with the rest, and when Paul insists on going back to his wife, Drake calmly tells him to stay put. He sits with them and holds his father as he continues to cry. 
He quietly asks Crispin, why would anyone do this? Crispin says nothing. Kelly lays a blanket over Aubrey's body, but it does little to hide the machete jutting from her face. She goes over to the window and quietly looks out, looking all the way down the side of the house, but there is no one there. She hears floorboards creak behind her and she silently makes her way over to the bed. She lowers herself to peek underneath and the silence is broken when Fox pops his head up and Kelly screams. I hit the fucking ceiling. That was a lot. <laughs> like, this scared the shit out of me. I, my notes, for whatever reason, say uh, silly rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so it's, a, it's, still the, it's still the fox you're saying. You don't. You don't even have that it's the same animal. <laughs> it was very dark. <laughs> oh my God. Downstairs, Aaron hears her in the kitchen. Everyone sitting on the stairs hears her as well, but no one makes a move. Finally, Kelly runs downstairs screaming. She flies past everyone on the stairs and makes her way to the door. Drake follows after his wife. I'm running with you. Yes. Or if so, if you're jump off, you're screaming upstairs. I'm going to run to check on you. Well, yeah, they just stay. Yeah, no, (laughs) sitting there. Yeah, they suck. (laughs) What happened to her? That was weird. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, my God. Shut up. Like, God. (laughs) Well, in all fairness, she could have been like, he's still up there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Okay. Instead of just. "Ah, ah." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's the fastest runner. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She's showing them what they missed. There's an evil rabbit up here. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly flings the door open and runs out into the night, ducking the wire that is strung up. Drake follows her, ducking the wire as well, but it catches on the arrow still sticking out of his back. I was like, fuck. Yeah, that hurt. that That was hard to watch. It is very painful, and Drake takes this opportunity to pull it out. He stares at the arrow, stained with his own blood, and promptly faints. See, the Drake fainting is peak comedy. Yeah. Like, that's that was hilarious. <laughs> Back inside, Aaron joins everyone in the living room and asks Crispin what happened. Before Crispin can answer, they hear Kelly start screaming again. She's screaming as she runs through the land around the property. She skirts her way around trees, running and screaming for help. But when she passes one tree, someone sitting behind it stands up and begins to walk in her direction. And that someone has a crossbow on their back. Back at the house, they pull Drake into the living room and Aaron sends Felix to get some towels. Z proposes that maybe it's a good idea to make a run for it because Kelly made it. I'm like, well, yeah, well, what? there's no evidence of that Not at all. <laughs> Felix comes back with the towels and Crispin heads to the front door. Aaron follows him, instructing Z to apply pressure on Drake's back. Crispin says that they'll have to carry Drake and that Paul can't run right now. He volunteers to go after the car and bring it right up to the door. He tells Aaron to help Felix and Z carry Drake and Paul out to the car when he comes back. Aaron gives no reply, but he assures her that it will be fine and he'll only be gone for a second. Aaron offers him the cleaver that she's holding and he takes it. Suspenseful music mounts as Crispin opens the door and slips outside. It ends abruptly when Aaron closes the door behind him. Kelly, though, continues to run aimlessly outside. She stops when she comes to a house with big glass sliding doors and looking for the magic blaring inside. It's Eric Carson's house. (laughs) When she runs onto the property, the automatic outside lights come on. She sees someone sitting on the couch with his back to her, and she bangs on the glass door, begging to be let in. Within, I'm sorry, you're looking through the window. 
you see him mm-hmm. within seconds. He, he's deader than disco. There's. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's just vibing to the music? <laughs> <laughs> he's really focused yeah. or something. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe he's drunk. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, either way, I'm. But I, he looks dead. He yeah, does. no, I'm yeah, giving up. Dead. I'm giving up pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also when I noticed that Kelly is in her Lorraine Warren cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting That's choice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she gets more and more frantic when Eric doesn't answer her. Suddenly, in the reflection of the glass, she sees Lamb Mask, played by Elsie Holt, step up behind her. So this Did isn't the right? rabbit? I said, this is not the <laughs> rabbit. I literally wrote, like a lamb to the yeah. slaughter. Excellent. All right, all right. Excellent job. One out of 12. <laughs> <laughs> she screams, and Lamb just punches her in the face, sending her through the glass door and onto Eric Harson's living room floor. Elsewhere, Crispin does make it to the car and finds the hood open. With the car potentially sabotaged, he stops to catch his breath. At Eric's house, the music continues to play loudly as Kelly crawls across the glass to the couch. Lamb walks behind her holding an axe, the glass crunching under his boots. Kelly finally reaches the couch and sees that Eric is dead, propped up with blood dried on his head and face. Lamb grabs Kelly and throws her through the glass coffee table. She is disoriented and he stands over her, holding her in place by putting his foot on her shoulder. He swings the axe next to her head, stopping short before making contact. Finally, as she screams, we see him swing the axe like a golf club and hear it hit home. The stereo starts the disc over and once again, looking for the magic (laughs) begins to play as we pan down and see the axe buried in the side of Kelly's face and eye. First of all, looks great. Oh, yeah. yeah, it does. Second of all, I don't think I've ever seen an axe kill like that. Like no, swinging yeah. it that way? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. And again, whether you love or hate or just feel lukewarm about this movie, there are some interesting kills. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. one in particular that I know y'all have never seen anywhere else before. <laughs> but Lamb looks down at her for a second before taking a seat on the couch next to Eric. He does a slight head tilt. Yeah. Yes. Michael Myers. Yeah. I appreciated that. Back in the living room, Crispin says that it's safe to assume the other cars are out of commission as well. Okay. (laughs) He's like, we should all just give up now. (laughs) Have we tried running at top speed? Yeah. (laughs) He says that he didn't see anyone out there and he thinks that Kelly might have gotten past them. Crispin says that he's going back because since he didn't see anyone, maybe it's just over. I don't know where what? you're... <laughs> sure. Your mother was just murdered yeah. you know, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Paul tells him that he's not going back out there. And Felix asks if he's really just going to leave the rest of them there. Felix justifiably upset. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Crispin says that they need help and they need someone out of the house to come here to the house. He says he's going to the neighbor's house, and as soon as he's able to get reception, he will call or text them. He tells them all to stay here and take care of each other and assures them that he'll be right back. When he gets up, Aaron pulls him into another room and asks him not to go. He just kisses her and tells her it will be okay and to stay here and take care of herself. He tells her that he will be back soon, and when she asks him to promise, he does. 
Aaron stands behind him at the front door and he gives her a long look and tells her that he will see her soon. He sets off, slicing the wire down. Aaron closes the front door behind him and pauses before telling the rest of them that it's a safe assumption that one of the killers is inside the house. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Cool. (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. The vibes are (laughs) awful. (laughs) And you're just making them worse. Yep. (laughs) Crispin's like, maybe it's over. One of them is probably in here. (laughs) Just waiting. Paul asks if she really thinks that the person that killed his wife is inside. And she says, yes, she assumes so. She asks Z how Drake is doing, and Z reports that the bleeding has stopped. Z, Felix, and Aaron carry him over to the window and hide him behind the drapery as a safe spot. You call it a safe spot. Yeah, no (laughs) shit. You really just threw this dude behind a curtain. A window. Yeah, that was all you did. You tell me. The window's the first place y'all were attacked Yeah, no shit. Hey, Aaron, where did one of the Wolfington brothers try to grab you from? Yeah. Smash through a window. Now, I will say. Interesting, interesting, interesting. You probably wouldn't be able to see him where he was at if you looked through the window. Fair point. But <laughs> if I'm breaking in or whatever, I'm going to be like, what? Oh, you left me a yes. snack. Oh, all right. <laughs> Not a snack. <laughs> and you got to step on him to get yeah. over. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, oh, I was like, oh. made my job. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron asks what's the best place in the house for them all to hide. Felix says that every room has windows except for the basement. But Aaron tells him that the basement is a bad idea. All someone would need to do is pour gas down the stairs and light a match. She says their best bet is to stay upstairs and board up the windows. I'd be like, what? what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was too specific. Yeah. Dude. It's like, what? <laughs> you try to trap Michael Miles down the one time. He's like, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? What is that? Yeah, so many like, questions. <laughs> <laughs> she suddenly remembers something and rushes to the kitchen where she has... I have water here. It looks like water sometimes and it looks like oil sometimes. Yeah. But she has some liquid boiling on the stove. She looks at the hole in the window where Tiger grabbed her and begins rummaging through a drawer. When she returns to the living room, she's got a handful of weapons from the kitchen, knives and a meat tenderizer. As she walks over to the group to hand them all out, someone crashes through the window and Aaron falls to the ground, dropping the weapons. Tiger enters the room in slow motion, holding an axe. Aaron looks up at him from the ground, seemingly helpless, but when Tiger swings an axe down on her, she rolls out of the way and kicks him in the balls. For I, my, The correct thing I have <laughs> is I actually really enjoyed that slow motion bit. Yeah. But when she turns it on her attacker, I did write, <laughs> kicked that goat right in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just keep going, I guess. I don't even know what the fuck... I just don't know animals. I guess. <laughs> this is actually getting. I'm. I, I'm actually upset with myself. <laughs> I think that's like five animals so far. Yeah. I thought there were. That's why I thought they were different. I was like, they each got to be a different one because there's so many of them. But there's three. There's only three. And they are the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, or whatever. So just keep going. It's Narnia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But while Tiger is taken off guard and down on his knees, Aaron whoops his ass with a meat tenderizer. Finally, she bludgeons the back of his head until it's bloody and he's not moving or screaming anymore. After taking a moment with Z and Felix staring at her, Aaron pulls Tiger's head up and removes his mask. She asks if either of them know him. 
Z says no, and Felix says that it's hard to tell. Hmm. Odd. Aaron takes a cloth napkin from the dining room table and begins to clean the blood off of the tenderizer. When they look back at the window that had shattered open, they see that Tiger had thrown Kelly's dead body through it. Felix tries to reassure Aaron, telling her that he's sure Crispin is fine because he's a tough guy. But Aaron says that he's not. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) She, She flatly thanks him for his help, and he says that she seemed to have a handle on it. Suddenly, she asks Felix where his dad is. One thing I enjoy about films is when I say a line earnestly in my head and then they say it. After she tenderized that dude, I was like, yeah, thanks for the help, by the way. They're, they were literally just standing there yeah. looking at her. Like, I ah, forgot damn. all about her. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thankful that that she's not a dumbass. Yes. Because everybody's very stupid. <laughs> like, very stupid. And she's the only one that, that has some kind of snap. Mm-hmm. I've got to react. Yeah. I have to do something. Everybody else is just kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then and then some of them are just awkward. And it's like, ah, what's happening? Yeah. I will say, thinking about it now, that line does make a lot of sense that Felix said that because, honestly, he was beaten to fuck. Yeah. yeah. So it is hard to tell. Yeah. I guess. Maybe. Well, it was, it was the back of his head because he was still wearing a mask. His face was slashed. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We cut to Paul then, who is wandering around with a knife. He turns on the light in one of the closets and is surprised by what he finds inside. There are remnants of food, water, a sleeping bag, and a bottle filled with pee. When Paul picks up the pee bottle to inspect it, the electricity goes out for the whole house. I don't know why that's the... He's like, is that piss? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's, no, it's clearly piss. They've been drinking our lemonade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Those bastards. I honestly, I don't know that they had to camp out in the house. That's just yeah. an extra thing that is kind of... That's true. They could have stayed at a hotel and been like, oh, the anniversary's tonight, let's head out. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to be here. <laughs> I understand it's a big house. Maybe yeah. maybe they did want the layout of it. I guess. I mean, I'm trying to figure <laughs> <Yeah>. it out. <laughs> I like this movie. Downstairs, Aaron asks where the circuit box is. Felix offers that he thinks it's in the basement. <laughs> this dude's like, Every- everything's in the basement. <laughs> and that she should go check it out while he goes upstairs to look for his dad. He leaves and Z follows him. Upstairs, Paul continues to look around and we see someone in a mask clearly skulking behind him. He opens a breaker box and turns the lights back on. I'm assuming because he opens it and then like kind of reaches in and the lights come back on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what else it could be. Right. (laughs) I don't think it was a coincidence. We see them come on in the basement as well where Aaron looks around. When Paul closes the door back, Felix and Z are standing there and they all get scared. Paul whispers that one of the killers was in the bedroom and that he'd been watching them for days while they were sleeping. I feel like they've only been here for one day. They have. But, but yeah, overnight uh, or something. Yeah. Paul's been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Fair Once, enough. I mean, his daughter, he lost Barbara Crampton. <laughs> so I'll, I'll cut him some slack. He says that this wasn't a random attack. He begins to walk backwards, asking Felix if he understands. Their family is being targeted. As soon as he says this, Fox steps into view and slits Paul's throat with his machete. Paul stumbles around, knocking into walls as he bleeds and gasps for air. 
Felix and Z watch him, neither surprised nor in any hurry to render aid. In fact, when Paul finally falls to the ground and takes his last breaths, they only stand over him and watch, eerily calm. Once Paul is dead, Fox walks up next to them. Felix, smeared with his father's blood, asks him if he really needed to do that right in front of him. Fox pulls an earbud out and asks if Felix was saying something. Felix just tells him, never mind. He looks down at his dead father and Z asks if he's okay. He says that he is. He just needs to get washed up. In the bathroom, Felix washes Paul's blood off of his face before taking a long look at himself in the mirror. So it doesn't matter that I made a joke about him pulling out his earbud and he was listening to Hungry Like the Wolf. But (laughs) (laughs) what does matter? He's the fox. (laughs) At least it's a dog. That's fair. Yeah, It's a dog. Um, I was very shocked by Paul's death. Yeah. Yeah. It was so abrupt. He's literally like in mid-sentence. Yeah. Right, right. Trying to explain all this stuff. I think personally, Felix and Z being in cahoots, mm-hmm. they're, they were the weirdest ones yeah, absolutely. the whole time. And so I did have a mild bit of an inkling. And so them pulling the trigger right now was the smartest thing they could have done. Yeah. yeah. Because if at the end, Felix is like, it's me. It's we're like, like yeah. well, duh, of course. <laughs> you. You've been acting strange yeah. all night? Yeah. Like, no, run like Sonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Does anyone else want to run outside? <laughs> Told your sister to run outside. You're trying to get everybody down yeah. the basement. Yeah. Like you're right, being very you, weird. Why are you bald with the giant red mustache what the fuck dropping bombs and shit what the fuck but yeah. yeah it it did have i guess you're right it had a very small like i was like huh i guess because they're all pieces of shit so <laughs> yeah. it's like oh well right, especially well. them they didn't jump in to help Aaron yeah. they didn't there when uh they were firing arrows in the dining room they're just standing in the doorway yeah. <laughs> like you guys didn't even act like yeah, yeah and he, also you can get a jammer for $30 on the yeah. internet yeah <laughs> <laughs> that too. I guess he was right. You mm. fucking why scumbag. Would you, why, would you, <laughs> why would you even say that? I, because it, he, it was in yeah. a shopping cart yesterday. Yeah. That's why. He's like, ooh, that was too far. I hope they didn't notice I said that. Aaron continues to wander around the basement. And upstairs, Lamb enters with his crossbow raised and ready. He pauses and squats down to the floor where he finds Tiger's dead body, his mask discarded next to him. Aaron finds a small flight of stairs and climbs them to find a narrow hallway with a door at the end of it. Lamb sobs over Tiger and in his grief overturns the dining room table that still is full of plates, glasses, silverware and food. The resulting crash and his screaming lets Aaron know where he is and she hunkers down outside of the door she found. Lamb composes himself and grabs his crossbow and Tiger's axe before continuing through the house. Erin stays quiet and listens. She reaches into a forgotten toolbox on the floor and pulls out a screwdriver, quietly sliding it into her pocket. Lamb takes off his mask and takes a deep breath. Erin repositions herself, causing a broom to knock against the wall, and Lamb hears it. He looks over in that direction and pulls his mask back down. I like that shot a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's back in game mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aaron listens as he comes closer, a beam of light shining in through the keyhole. When she peeks through it, she sees Lamb's eye staring back at her. (laughs) In all fairness, (laughs) if, look, the shot is cool. But if a human's whole ass head 
I'm glad you said it because I, I I was gonna come after this little senior. But yeah, there would be no light coming exactly. through the light. It looks cool though. It does but until it that yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. All right. He tries to open the door, but she holds it shut. When he uses the axe to break a hole in it, she screams. I wonder if this is a shining. Take a shot. shot. Yeah. This is when Drake finally regains consciousness and walks over. When Lamb turns on him, he comes back online, falling backward as he tries to get away from him. Aaron comes screaming out of the room and stabs Lamb in the back with the screwdriver. He looks back at Drake, who has picked up the axe, and Aaron, who is ready with the tenderizer that killed Tiger. Lamb weighs his options and runs yelling out of the front door. Run. <laughs> it's like a brisk walk. It's a jog. Uh, yeah. It, you know, I don't know. Like, I remember being in plays in high school and the ways that we would exit the stage. Yeah. Because we, we, have, we don't have far to run, so you yeah. have to kind of, <laughs> you know. Um, Dirty bitch. <laughs> Just runs away. One thing as well is I, I did laugh at Drake's like you don't see this is an animal yeah <laughs> you do you believe that that's Chris, crispin <laughs> i don't understand like, hey, yeah oh you have any more of those oh my <laughs> god aaron closes the door behind him and locks it drake tells her that he woke up over there and she explains that he blacked out and they put him there to hide him he thanks her putting down the axe and sliding down the wall still in pain he asks her where Kelly is, and after a moment of hesitation, she just tells him that she doesn't know. Felix and Z come down the stairs asking what's going on. Felix says, <laughs> Felix says that they heard noises, <laughs> so they stayed upstairs. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Aaron says that one of them got in and attacked them, but she stabbed him and he ran away. She helps up Drake, but Felix wants more information on the stabbing. He asks if she might have killed him, but she says that she didn't. He was still able to run out the door. It's like, so he's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did he seem like mad or anything? Yeah. <laughs> Did he say this operation's going to fuck or anything like that? Or was he upset? That is very weird. Like, who are you worried about? <laughs> no. <laughs> was he upset? <laughs> Did he say like, you know, like, fuck Felix or anything <laughs> Felix adjacent or, uh, or Z? Did he bring yeah. up Z? <laughs> Aaron asks if anyone was upstairs, but Felix says they didn't find anyone. If they were there before, they could have just climbed out the window. Aaron asks if Paul is okay, and Felix says that he's fine. He's just lying down. Which is true. I mean, the fine part is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> but he is but, lying down. Yeah. Technically, yes. <laughs> Z asks how many of the killers there could be. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> it's a whole farm of them. It yeah. is. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> and Aaron guesses that there are at least two more of them. Z says that maybe Aaron scared them off and they're gone, but Aaron, helping Drake on his feet again, says that they shouldn't count on that. Z's like, let's all just go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little toasty in here. Let's pop that window open. <laughs> Their default keeps saying... Maybe it's over. Yeah. <laughs> There's no evidence to support that. <laughs> Aaron suggests that they head to the basement where she found tools down there that they can use. In the basement, Aaron instructs them to get anything heavy or sharp that can be used as a weapon and to get it quickly because they need to get back upstairs. Felix says that they can go through Paul's tools and find something to use. Drake follows him. 
Z helps Aaron carry wooden planks, a hammer, and nails. They head back upstairs, and Aaron calls back for the boys not to take too long. Upstairs, Aaron places a sheet over Kelly, saying that Drake doesn't need to see her like this. Aaron asks Z if she can show her something and shows her how to properly hammer nails through the wood. It was funny because I'm like, you needed, we needed yeah. like a, a shop on this? Oh, not my hand? Oh, yeah. oh wow. That would have been. Yeah. <laughs> she says they just need to make as many as they can. Z takes a hammer, but just looks at it before asking Aaron a question. How did you learn all this stuff? Erin explains that she had a weird childhood. She grew up on a survivalist compound. She admits that she hasn't even told Crispin that yet. Erin continues that when she was born, her father became very paranoid and convinced that the world would be out of resources in just a matter of years. She hammers nails through the wood as she continues that her father found other people who felt the same way and they moved to the outback. Not the restaurant, but like. <laughs> really? Z's like, oh, good. They yeah, have a right. great blooming onion. He's like, oh, man. He's like, you're not, you're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> you're focused on something else, I think. <laughs> Are you hungry, Z? Yeah. Are you worried about the lamb or whatever? <laughs> Worked up an appetite. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. But she says that she moved to the States with her mother when she was 15, but she learned a lot before they left. Z responds with what my awkward ass says whenever I don't know what else to say in a conversation. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's also, I was like, that's all you had? <laughs> yeah. It's what you say when you hope the conversation's yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow, crazy. Man. Um, I did want to point out, I read that Wendy Glenn and Sharni Vinson were roommates mm -hmm. during Oh my God, they time. were roommates. Okay. And they both ended up getting cast in the film. But the whole thing of going to the Outback and all that stuff. Uh -huh. This was all written in later because Aaron in the original script was written as an American. But okay. because of oh. her being Australian, yeah. they're like, that's great. We're going to use that. Yeah. I don't love the survivalist thing. It does yeah. explain things. And if there was no explanation, I know everybody would be like, how the fuck does she know how to do it? You know what I mean? So I'm not like too mad at it, but I don't know. I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, or she could just be like, I'm not a fucking dumbass and or I'm trying that. to stay alive. Because honestly, Aaron does what you yell at every horror character to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I wouldn't be nailing hammers and shit. I no. Know that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I look. But you would like think to Home Alone some uh, shit. I was just fixing to say Kevin was this, a child. And yeah, he figured if that this out. kid yeah, can do that, but I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be like oh my god the crossbow came through the window quick get a pot of oil on the stove like I wouldn't think that what? the only way you could think that is if you were raised by Laurie Strode or whatever yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it apparently worked out I personally I don't have a problem with it because I needed an explanation that's what I'm saying if, if you don't if they don't say anything then you're like what the fuck yeah because I'm not thinking this shit I'm thinking different ways of survival right yeah. this right. is very specific it is but th again then in in that same thing then your dad taught you how to kill people he taught you how to that's what you're doing you're fighting fucking like an action movie it's not you know what i mean he's like you put the nails through the yeah. wood mate probably wouldn't do that twice yeah, no. <laughs> but i i mean i i get it but i'm i'm not married to the idea either <laughs> One thing I will say, though, is that it, it's very sly that she says this, but it is very good for the script that Crispin doesn't know this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
In the basement, as they gather supplies, Drake asks if anyone knows where Crispin is. Felix says no, that he ran out right after Kelly. Drake decides that he needs to go after them and at least try because he can't leave Kelly out there like that. Felix asks what he means and drops the bomb that Kelly is dead. When it's obvious that Drake didn't know this, Felix apologizes but doubles down that she's dead and her body is upstairs on the floor right now. It's like, dude, so enough. Stop. <laughs> I for and that's the thing is that I forgot that he was knocked out. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't he know. He doesn't that. know at all. And I will say, look, man, Drake's been an asshole. Yeah, yeah. He is though worried about crispin yeah he wants to wife. go out he yeah. wants you yeah. know so i mean he kind of had a little arc yeah a, a tiny arc it was a small arc <laughs> <laughs> when he tries to offer further condolences drake yells at him to shut up and stop talking as drake yells out of nowhere felix stabs him in the stomach drake looks down at this in surprise and felix apologizes but drives the tool in further and grabs another one and stabs him with that too the first tool, I will say, they are balling on a budget because Joe Swanberg is holding it in place. <laughs> like, clearly. But the shock of the moment is so much. Yeah. You don't you it doesn't only matter. see that later. Yeah. He stabs him again and again, asking Drake if he'll just die already because this is hard enough for him. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Felix. What? Well, what is drake made of because <laughs> he's he has been, been yeah. shot with an arrow <laughs> ripped the arrow out yes. i mean he's he's maybe he was the fastest runner he's sturdy. Maybe. they probably should have yeah they'd you know, be out of here by now the yeah. arrow could have caught flight yeah <laughs> <laughs> they didn't try it they nope. should have tried it drake looks down at himself multiple tools sticking out of his chest as he bleeds onto the floor after a moment he drops to the ground dead felix starts to pull away his brother's body Upstairs, Aaron lines up a board with nails stuck through it underneath a window to injure someone if they climb through. With her back turned, Z takes the opportunity to stand up slowly with another nailed board. Aaron staggers another board onto the ground further away from the first, and Z stands behind her, raising her board in the air over Aaron's head. Aaron turns around, and Z casually lowers it, saying that she just finished it. <laughs> I gotta be honest, it was a little off. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah. Aaron should have been like, "Oh, you fit it." Hey, were you trying what to? The... Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> were you bashing the, the board? What the fuck were you <laughs> doing? <seen> her. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> but we'll allow it. Aaron tells Z to make another one. She starts to leave to go check on Paul, but Z stops her, volunteering to go herself. This is when I'm like, does she suspect her? Because instead, Aaron proposes that Z can come with her. Mm-hmm. And Z abandons the idea altogether, opting to stay and make another board. Aaron tells her to be careful and walks away. I just thought it was interesting that she's like, no, I'll go instead. No, you can come with me. Yeah. Like, you're not going by. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But as soon as she's out of sight, Z sets down the board. As Aaron slowly walks up the stairs, armed with the meat tenderizer, Z unlocks the front door and leaves it cracked. In the master bedroom, Aaron immediately finds Paul discarded on the floor, bloody and dead. She stoops down to the ground to inspect his body, and we see someone out of focus behind her, slowly advancing with the machete. 
Before he can reach her, Aaron throws the meat tenderizer at him. She fucking takes off running (laughs) and breaks through the glass window, falling the two stories into the yard below. It was like in a split second. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. That was the last thing I expected. Yes. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a Texas Chainsaw reference. Okay. That's fair. But it really caught me off guard. And it was very cool to learn that she did do a lot of her own stunts. Oh, oh damn. Nice. But this one was not one of them. Well, good. But yeah. <laughs> she, good she asked a lot and they just wouldn't let her. Yeah. <laughs> but Aaron's face is scratched up and she has a huge glass shard sticking out of her leg. But she's alive. As she groans in pain, Fox looks down at her from the bedroom window. It's another great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erin scrambles away, limping on her injured leg into the trees. She takes out that tiny flashlight to look at the glass sticking out of her leg, and she gets up the courage to begin pulling it out. The piece of glass is massive and takes its time sliding out of her leg. It was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was kind of agonizing. Oh, yeah. Erin looks around and sees a bloody screwdriver in the fallen leaves. Hmm. Yeah. She uses her flashlight to have a look around as she hears footsteps, but when she turns, Lamb is there, pointing his crossbow at her. He shoots and it hits the tree just above Aaron's head. She's able to limp away, and the music is chaotic as Aaron makes her way back to the house. She goes inside and locks the door behind her. Once inside, she hides behind the drapes and uses a cloth to bandage her injured leg. Lamb makes his way back to the house, and when he peers through the window, he sees the second nailed board set up. He scoffs at this, preparing to enter through the window, but still not able to see the board that Aaron put right underneath it. He climbs up on the ledge and steps down directly onto a nail, which immediately goes through his boot. It is fun. You're oh. like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> It's so genius because he looks at it and he's like, who's going to have two boards? Y'all will be there and fucking up and over. Up and over. It's it's so smart. Lamb screams in pain behind his mask. He stumbles around, the board nailed to his foot. Z and Felix hear him, as well as Aaron, who's still hiding. Felix and Z stand in the master bedroom with Fox, who has once again pulled up his mask. Felix tells Fox to go check on all the screaming because that's what Felix is paying him for. With some bitter eye contact, Fox stares down Felix before lowering his mask down over his face. Felix sarcastically thanks him as he leaves the room. He sits down on the bed, remarking that this is a disaster. Z holds him, assuring him that it's okay because it will all be over soon. She climbs on top of him, kissing him, but Felix says he's not exactly in the mood right now. Z takes off her shirt, promising to make it quick because she really wants him to show her the flesh right here on this bed, right next to his dead mother. Is, is this really your kink or are you just trying I mean, to be difficult? Like, I mean, what is difficult. I, I'm just saying. Like, this is really what you want to do right now? Or like, because I, I don't believe you. Like, I, I, <laughs> there is no way. Yeah, I know. I do want to, um, I did say something a little bit earlier, and I kind of implicated all of us in something. I said, hey, we all agree. <laughs> Z's pretty cool, right? Yeah. That's what I thought when we first met her. I don't think Z is. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore, not Very anymore. Very cool anymore. Felix is disgusted, asking why she would even say something like that. But Z just pouts that he never wants to do anything interesting. 
Felix remarks that that's not a fair criticism, and Z just repeats her morbid request. Felix removes her from his lap and gets off the bed, declaring that this conversation is over. That's not really interesting, though. It's, it's not. just gross. It's yeah. Not. With Felix gone, Z eyes Aubrey's giant diamond wedding ring. She slides it off of Aubrey's finger and onto her own, admiring it. Downstairs, Fox helps Lamb finally free his foot of the nail. Felix comes down as Lamb pulls off his boot. He tells him not to do that because he doesn't need his DNA in here. But Lamb is not trying to hear it. He pulls off his mask and tells Felix that he'll clean it up later along with the rest of the mess. Felix takes this as a personal attack, but he sets the record straight. He just had to kill his own brother because they keep getting beat up by some girl. Aaron is listening to every word of this, still hidden behind the drapes. It is very funny to me to see her reaction because Felix is basically like, I'm Felix and I'm with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Just telling her everything she needs to know. Felix continues that he had to repeatedly stab his brother when Lamb and Fox were the ones that were supposed to do that. He says they might as well have stayed outside with their crossbows. Lamb asks if they really want to talk about brothers and reveals that Tiger was his brother. And unlike Felix, he liked his brother. Felix apologizes and says he didn't know that. He knew that they served together, but not that they were related. He comments that Aaron really fucked him up good. It's like, (laughs) dude, shut the fuck up. Now I'll admit. (laughs) (laughs) He's like in a gruesome death. God damn. He is tender. Chief. (laughs) Fork tender. Yeah. Hey, why are you so upset? Why are you mad? (laughs) Lamb slams him against the wall, saying that he's just looking for a reason to not kill Felix at this point. Felix offers to pay him more money and reminds him that if he gets killed, Lamb gets nothing. But if he's able to pull it off, he'll give him $400,000 instead of $200,000 that he initially promised. He offers him his brother's share as well. And for a cherry on top, he offers Fox and Lamb each another $100,000 if they can just finish this. He says that he can't pay until the inheritance comes, though, but he will. Lamb looks over at Fox, who agrees that they've already come this far. Lamb loosens his grip and tells Felix that he and Z better be getting enough money to pay them their share. Felix asks if he really thinks he'd be doing this if he wasn't getting enough money. I I know this sounds bad, but is that really enough money to go in there and kill all these people? I I have watched a lot of... Um, that seems yeah, like people, a cheap price. A people do it for surprisingly little. The murder for really? hire stuff. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just trying to say what I had watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. Sometimes it's it's very, very small. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which only makes the whole thing sadder. Yeah. That it's like that. I, it's like Fargo, all for a little bit of money. Exactly. It's like, damn. Honestly, that's, just, that's kind yeah. of how I feel about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, though. It's like, there's, there's no way. If I get... If I get caught, I'm fucked, period. Yeah, you're gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen on there. I, I need some million or something. Yeah. That's, that just seems very well, little. I think it's also because we're good people who, <laughs> do, yeah. who aren't being hired to <laughs> kill anyone. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just like, that seems, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, God, yeah, damn, it's not really? enough. Aaron's cell phone begins to ring and she silences it as quickly as she can, but it's too late. In the quiet of the house, everyone heard. Fox volunteers to go get her. What the hell kind of system is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the notification. Yeah. yeah. We're on our way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the notification that Aaron received was the emergency message from 911 yeah. <laughs> saying that they received it. Unbelievable. Suspenseful music begins as Fox slowly walks around looking for Aaron. He approaches the drapes and Aaron raises her hands to fight. Fox rips the curtain open and Aaron jabs him in the throat. He goes down and Aaron limps away. Fox demands that they all go after Aaron and they run. Lamb grabbing an axe as he limps behind them. Outside, Aaron flings herself over the railing to the outside steps and climbs back into the house through a window. Fox, Felix, and Z run outside after her with Lamb limping along behind them. Left by himself, he goes over to the window that Aaron climbed back in through. He sticks his head in the house and looks around. For a moment, nothing happens. But then we see that Aaron was waiting on the side of the window. She promptly stabs him in the head. He stumbles backward before falling to the ground. Aaron stands in the window, looking out, holding Lamb's axe. She walks away and we pan down to Lamb's dead body. Good for her absolutely good for her this was abrupt though it feels like when movies are about to end and it's just like oh we got to get rid of lamb yeah. like that's what it felt like <laughs> i did dig the action shot though oh yeah, that was great no, yeah. with her yeah. holding the act yeah. yeah that's either for the poster or the trailer absolutely fantastic <laughs> yeah inside aaron gathers supplies and begins to rig up traps she sets one up at the front door so i very 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 much dig the synth situation going on yes Adam Wingard had said that this was sent to him first by one of the composers and he loved it. And he was like, there is no way I can use this for this film though. <laughs> and he puts it here and it's perfect. It yeah. is. But I also learned that there were four composers on this film. Damn. Mads Heltberg, Jasper Lee, Kyle McKinnon, and Adam Wingard. Uh, all right. Okay, John Carpenter. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly what he said. He said that he approached it because I don't know if you remember, I think it was on Halloween 2 where I told you that story about Alan Howarth uh, setting everything up for them to get to work. And John Carpenter's like, yeah, I don't care about that. Just tell me when I can. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah. want to know anything. Well, and that's how Adam Wingard approached it. He said he literally had an app on his iPhone or whatever, 2011, his iPod. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he said it was literally just the easiest synth pad and like a little bit of snares. And so the very simple music you hear in the mm -hmm. film, he can take credit for that. That's oh, cool. Nice. Hell but yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's atmospheric. And whoever did the rest is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But outside, Felix is beside himself. He says that the cops could be on their way right now and they could very easily come across Aaron running down the street. Fox advises Felix to calm down, but he's not trying to hear it. He calls Fox Tom, asking how he's supposed to calm down. Fox calmly tells him that Aaron is injured and she's not faster than them. He tells Felix to stick to the road and if he doesn't see Aaron, come back. He starts to walk away and Felix stops him, asking where he's going. Fox is going back to the house to check on Lamb, a.k.a. Craig, and make sure that Aaron didn't double back. He walks away, but Felix stops him again, telling him to give him his crossbow. He says that Fox still has an axe and they don't have anything. He wrestles the crossbow away from Fox, but Fox just laughs, asking if he really knows how to use it. Felix assures him that he does. You pull the trigger and the arrow shoots. It's like very good. Funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Felix tells him that there are two bolts, which means two shots. If he sees Aaron, he needs to make it count. Inside, Aaron surveys the trap she's set and glances out the window, but she hears glass crunching behind her and turns around in time to see Fox starting to climb through the window. 
I gotta say, um, I love their commitment to the bit with these masks. Yeah. yeah. Because honestly, your depth perception has to be horrible. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those little slits. Yeah. Like you can barely see through them. And it's so funny because she sees him clearly, but he's like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I get back in this house. I don't know where she could be. but <laughs> She takes off. She runs into the basement and we can see Fox coming up through the hole in the door. In the basement, Aaron uses a piece of wood to shatter every light bulb. She runs through the basement, gathering supplies together before Fox enters with his machete ready. I did like the hole through the door shot. Yeah. yeah. That was fantastic. As he enters, a camera constantly clicks a photo, flashing light into the room every few seconds. This made me think of Saw. Of course. I did in a Q&A, Adam Wingard said, because they asked him about this. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it's very possible that the day before they came here, Aaron watched Saw. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I appreciated that. I will say, I don't know. Wh- which animal is this? Fox. I don't know yeah. what Fox is <laughs> thinking. If she, he's, like, She's taking selfies down here? Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't know what... What you've been training for, yeah. Right. But on what planet do you continue forward? Yeah, I, I, I I'm just gonna do like she said and pour gasoline down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. and then, <laughs> I was like, you have to come out at some point. Yes, I this think is it's not. Just, yeah. It's just uh, down to underestimation. Well, he needs to stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I like Aaron. Keep doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Keep underestimating. But Aaron watches as these flashes continue, and Fox goes further into the basement. This light from the camera, the only light in the room. His breathing grows heavy as he becomes more disoriented and Aaron takes this opportunity to knock him down and beat him to death with the piece of wood. (laughs) The camera continues to flash, giving us glimpses of Aaron now covered in blood and of Fox's ruined head. Once again, they're like, we got to get Fox out of here. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to die and he's got to die now. (laughs) So my question, the wood bit, is that the thing with Paul earlier? Like, was that a thing with that oh maybe i thought it was a brisket <laughs> oh all right all right you know yeah, yeah. so i mean i don't know <laughs> she beat him to death with a brisket <laughs> <laughs> aaron heads back onto the first floor and felix watches through the window as she quietly moves around the house he readies the crossbow pointed at her as she stoops to pick a knife up off the floor when she stands up felix pulls the trigger the glass shatters and aaron is knocked out of view Felix looks through the window, but Aaron is nowhere to be seen. He tells Z to go in and find her. She follows instructions, but asks for the crossbow when she's inside. Felix gives it to her and tells her he'll be right behind her. Z heads inside and Felix goes back out to his car. He turns off a jammer and takes out a switchblade. <laughs> he only, it was only 30 bucks. Yeah, it was worth yeah, it. Yeah, but you did not go behind her. <laughs> No, he didn't. No, no. Like, what the fuck? I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, honestly, and that was the thing that got me. They all know what Aaron's capable of. Yeah. But Z kind of knows more than anyone. Yeah. She told her. She did. Exactly. Yeah. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you say something? I don't know. Like. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Felix, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you take the lead on this Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Inside, Z prowls the house with the crossbow raised. When she steps into the kitchen, Aaron attacks her and knocks the crossbow out of her hands. Felix comes in as they fight, but Aaron grabs the pot that was boiling on the stove and throws it on him. He calls her a dumb bitch, telling her it's not even hot anymore, but he promptly slips and falls on the floor. Hilarious. Yes. (laughs) Z bites Aaron's hand, but Aaron hits her in the head with a skillet and she sprawls out onto the floor. When Felix gets back up onto his feet, Aaron kicks the door in his face and he's down again. 
Z jumps on Aaron's back, but Aaron quickly gains the upper hand, strangling Z until Felix comes up behind her and stabs her in the back. Aaron pushes him off and grabs the blender, breaking the glass on his head. She slams the blades down into the top of his skull and plugs in the blender. The blades do their work, slicing up the top of Felix's head. I was like, the first time I saw this, I was like, are you fucking yeah. for real? Like, It's very extreme. Yeah. I will. I, I love this as a kill. Yeah. I will say that Felix's reaction kind of nerfs it for me because it's a little over it's the funny. top. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's a bit much. Yeah. Once the blending finishes, Z growls, ready to attack Aaron. But Aaron quickly pulls Felix's knife out of her shoulder blade, flips it around, and slams it down through the top of Z's head. See, if this is just a little more Tucker and Dell, <laughs> I, like I've been like, it's fucking fantastic. But it it did the, the the blender kill was cool, but yeah, him, was. I was like, ah. I was like, come on, it was a lot. Blood runs down her face and Aaron catches her breath after having bested both of them. She sinks down on the floor between their two bodies. It is silent until Felix's phone starts ringing. Aaron pulls it out of his pocket and puts it to her ear. On the other end, Crispin asks his brother if it's all done in there or what. I got to be completely honest. The first time I watched this, there's been so much chaos in this house. You forget about Mm. him. I forgot he even existed. Yeah. He assumes that it's over because his signal came back. Despite not receiving an answer, he says that he knows that Felix is mad at him for not helping, but he did warn him that this might happen. <laughs> He's like, look, dude, I might bail. <laughs> There's a good chance. I, but uh... watching it again, that's why Felix is like, you're really leaving us in here? When yeah. he's like, no, I'm a, I'll go outside. Yeah. <laughs> and dude, that's, that's hilarious. Oh, it's great. But that's also why when Drake was like, who would do something like this? He's like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> He says that he saw their mom and her blood and he's a pacifist and he can't deal with violence. He tells Felix to say something because he can hear him breathing. Finally, he's like, it's freezing. I'm coming inside. (laughs) How dumb is this dude? Oh, it's a lot. Why are you talking? (laughs) And just putting everything. (laughs) I know you're mad at me, but no, if if I didn't hear anything after what I just said, the murders, is wrong. the murders yes. we planned together, are they are they done? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, maybe I'm crazy, but shouldn't you be able to tell the difference between your wife breathing and your brother breathing? You yeah. Think. Oh no, yeah. He's like, bro, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he climbs in through the window and is taken aback by the carnage inside. He calls his brother's name again before finally giving up and hanging up the phone. Aaron walks into the room, holding the phone to her ear in one hand and a knife in the other. Crispin remarks that she's okay and she drops the phone to the ground. He asks where Felix is and she flatly says that she stuck a blender on his head and killed him. Crispin says, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what can you say? Yeah. (laughs) She tells him that she can't believe he was in on this and he asks if she realizes how broke they are. She says that he would have killed her, but he insists that that wasn't part of the plan. She says that even if he didn't mean to, he has to admit that she could have died. But he says no. She was supposed to be the witness with the clean record who could testify that the family and the neighbor had all been killed by unknown lunatics. 
her being unharmed was actually a very important part of the plan. They needed someone other than Z to be a witness to what happened. This is the only thing that upset me a little bit because uh-huh. they literally could have made one different choice and this would totally be fine. Hmm. Yeah. Whenever they're aiming with the crossbow through the window. Don't shoot at her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They skip like just about everyone, but then they go for Aaron. Yeah. What if he's lying though? Well, yeah. well of course he's lying. <laughs> because I feel like all right. when, <laughs> no, I mean, when all of this, you're right. yeah. when all of this gets going, they've already been attacked. His sister's already dead. When he's like, I'm going to make a run for it. He could have been like, look, we're going to run for the car. You know, if he yeah, didn't yeah. want her to be harmed. That's a fair point. But he's like, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stay here and be careful. He told her to be careful. Yeah. I think he might be lying. <laughs> well, I we can all agree he's not a man of good character. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, no. He's so, not. All right. We'll allow it. <laughs> he asks where Z is, and Aaron flatly says that she killed her too. Crispin says that he totally understands, and he apologizes for things going out of control. He asks, though, how are they supposed to know that she would be so good at killing people? If she had only reacted normally, they only would have killed his parents and his siblings. Only. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron would have been untouched and they would be rich on their way to a vacation in Paris. Maybe they could even get engaged. Thinking quickly, he says there is a silver lining. He's the sole inheritor to his parents' estate now. And that means millions for the two of them. He tells her that regardless of what they're going through right now, it would be foolish to throw that money away. He tells her to look around at what would all be wasted. He admits that it'll take a while to make things up to her, but they need to think about things logically. He offers $500,000 to put towards her student loans. She could quit her bartending job and just study full time. He tells her that he could have that money for her within a month, or he could go to jail and she'd get nothing. She's like, tell me again about Mr. Troy's wild (laughs) ride. Look, we have the rest of our lives for me to get back at you yeah <laughs> i mean you could take a tumble out of a window anything could happen after we get this settlement hmm how how bad of people are we yeah. you know are you i didn't do anything you didn't i defended myself anyway yeah. <laughs> like i'm not gonna profit off of this are you fucking crazy do you know what student loan like come on dude look they we need them forgiven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in reality we would do the right thing What's the right thing? Turn his fucker in. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, (laughs) he tells her that he loves her. He promised her that he would come back. And here he is. Without a word, Aaron stabs the knife through Crispin's throat. The tense theme begins to play as Crispin falls to the floor, holding his neck as he bleeds. He asks her why. That's the funniest (laughs) thing (laughs) in this whole film. (laughs) And she responds, why the fuck not? before plunging the knife into his eye. Crispin goes down, but Aaron is immediately shot in the shoulder and falls on top of him. Officer Trubiano, played by Calvin Lee Reader, stands in the window, his gun still pointed into the house. He looks around and mutters, oh fuck, walking away from the window as Aaron gasps for air and starts to get up. Officer Trubiano goes to his car and calls for backup and medics. Still armed, he walks to the front door and slowly opens it as Aaron pulls herself along the floor. He pushes the door slowly, ignoring Aaron when she yells, No, don't. The trap that she set up is deployed and an axe drops down, hitting Officer Trubiano right in the middle of his head. 
blood splatters, giving us the bloody title again, You're Next. And of course, looking for the magic place (laughs) (laughs) as the credits roll. So what did you guys think of You're Next? Uh, The ending, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, why, why the not? Fuck yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, it was already set up. I mean, sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> like Chekhov's axe. Yeah, so, yeah, it is, but it's cool because I f- I'd forgotten about it. There mm-hmm. was so much yeah. at the end, you know. I I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, he should he should have listened. I did also love the credits of the floor plan of the house. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and the pictures that we last see these folks. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah, the movie isn't isn't a bad movie. I think it's just that that I'm not that into the home invasion genre, and it's and it's it it really is like I said. I and and there's a couple of times in my notes that I seen where I'm like, man, I really wish this was comedy horror. And and I can see I had a lot of fun talking about the movie. Uh-huh. So I can see where those that comedy was inserted for you guys. For me, it was just very awkward and weird because again, I, we have this family that they're dickheads. I don't like them. I don't like anything they're saying or they're how they're treating each other. <laughs> so when they do say something, it it's played as a serious movie. For me, it just came off as awkward. And I'm like, I think okay, a lot I'm, of the, the dickhead stuff came primarily from Drake. Well, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but they also didn't help each other do other shit. And they kind of played True. dumb True. and a lot of stuff. But when the chips were down, yeah, Drake's a good guy. Mo- mostly. Well, yeah, well but, he's also me. invincible. Yeah. <laughs> um but but it 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 was fun i will say that it is a fun movie uh stuff moves along pretty good um other than that like i said i i i did i i won't take that away from the movie Mm -hmm. the movie is fun and it it is uh entertaining but i yeah i think maybe that's something and i know we've talked about it too before and and i'm learning that now maybe i just haven't found a home invasion movie that that I can that I like or maybe it just doesn't I don't know maybe it just doesn't do it for me maybe we'll, it's something we'll keep looking maybe yeah, we'll find we'll, it we'll yeah. keep going yeah. yeah there's plenty more to cover yeah. oh yeah um no the first word I wrote down for this conclusion section is fun yeah this movie is a blast it's a crowd pleaser I think that they set out to create that and they did exactly that mm-hmm. I love to watch this movie it is a ride it's very short. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. The pacing is fantastic. Yeah. I'm never like, well, where's, you know, the other 12 animals or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, let's get to, you know, come on. Um, but it, it's 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 a breeze to watch. I have a lot of fun watching it. And um, very few negatives to even really complain about. I will get to them in a minute. But I think that overall, it's, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it was a, a nice surprise because when I had put this on, this is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple things here and there to complain about, but I think overall, if you just take it for what it is as a fun little slasher, you're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I feel like the people that love this movie love this movie, but the people like I, 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 you, I don't hear it talked about a lot. Um, I think that we've put it on a couple polls at this point. Yes. And when it loses, there are a few people who are very upset that it loses <laughs> and everybody else doesn't really care. <laughs> so it's like, it's just funny, but I get the love. I get why it's so fierce from a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I guess we can go on to ratings. Sure. Um, I'll say 
you know, just the couple negatives. Like you were saying, some of them do seem kind of tropey. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of time to like really develop the characters. But again, this movie is so punchy that if we did spend too much time developing that, it would be a different movie. True. Yeah, no, yeah. So I can't really fault that too much. Like you said about commercials, they're they're short, they're punchy. <laughs> like, um, I can't I can't fault it too much. There are a couple things that watching again on a rewatch, I guess we're supposed to be red herrings. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it too long, it's like I don't fully understand why that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's to just be a red herring that we never bring up again. I don't right. know. Well, but in all fairness, I mean, there were moments in Scream that were like that. Yeah. When the deputy was wearing the killer's boots. Yeah, you're like, Did you just smash a cigarette with the what the fuck? Were you in the stall earlier? <laughs> Slow motion of him stepping on a cigarette. Yeah. Like, oh. Hold yeah. on. But I mean, for the most part, I think the the um music is really great. That song Looking for the Magic oh. is I'm gonna put it in my uh Apple music. Mm-hmm. Um the gore and the effects were really, really good. Mm-hmm. You have some really inventive kills, which you don't see very often if at all Mm -hmm. it's just fun it's a good time this is not you know this is cinema 10 out of 10 amazing you know whatever but it's a damn good time i can see watching this over and over again i can see watching this with a group of people it's just fun um so all that being said on a scale from one to ten, brutal blender blades wow all right (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry but not really I'm going to give your next eight out of 10 brutal blender blades. All right. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I think that, and it's so short. Just watch it. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a lot of fun, but I will now open up the floor. I think uh, we've said kind of everything. And other than it, that me just not liking the genre that I can't knock the movie for something that I'm just not into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is fun. And I would agree if you've never seen the movie, go watch it. It is something that I can understand why people like it. Like I said, for me, I'm a goofy motherfucker. So if I just feel like this would have been a little more Shaun of the Dead, maybe, you know what I mean? Then I would have been like, fuck yeah. Like leaned into it a little bit Right, right. Because some of it is played as kind of serious. So I'm like, like I said, it's just very conflicting. And you're right. Yeah, talking about it did help me see, okay, you know, that is, that, that was kind of funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like some of it too, like I said, it's just that. The way I'm like, am I watching this wrong or not? Because I did. I literally stopped to see if I could find comedy anywhere so that I can be like, you know what? Let me go in this again. Feeling silly because this was not it. <laughs> I was like, this is not. <laughs> I'm, like, I love- I'm, I'm very sorry, but Nay's wheeze came from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> you were not back. expecting that <laughs> i wasn't because i could see the apostrophe on feeling silly <laughs> well, well i, gotta I was thinking about him putting not, on a yeah. clown costume well, hey. and sitting down and getting ready if i'm comfortable <laughs> hey, that's, fine. that's up to you but, this wasn't expected. <laughs> but it is a good movie like i said and and just because it's not my thing doesn't mean that it's a bad movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just not my thing um, but I did enjoy it. The music is good. The shot, everything is really well done about the movie. There, like the the few things, uh, like I said, the tropiness and kind of it's it's a little. It, I wouldn't even say predictable, but the twist really didn't twist anything for me. It was more of a like a 
Michael Myers head tilt. You know, it wasn't. But it is good. I I would even go as far as saying I would recommend people to watch it. Oh, good. To see if this is for you. Fuck yeah. And if it's not, then it's not. You know what I mean? Um, but all that on a scale from one to ten. Brutal. Blender. Blender. Blades. Blades <laughs> of brutality. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to give your next a 6.5. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really fun. Um, and again, I, I won't lie. Maybe next time I watch it, I will put on the clown costume and kind of like, you know, <laughs> let, let's, you know, let's get a little silly and see what's You'll happening. Be feeling here. silly. Yeah, feeling feeling silly. silly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you do, if I go into a movie and I'm, and I'm, you know what I mean? In a different mood and I'm watching, I'm just going to be like, I'm just not feeling this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. But if I'm, I'm going in and it's like, I know this is be horror or I know this is going to be crazy. This is psychological. I need to put myself in the right headspace to be in it. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at this as a serious movie and I'm supposed to be laughing, then I want to laugh. You know what I mean? So it, I'm, I'm just kind of weird like that, you know? <laughs> so, but it is fantastic. Like I said, I would recommend people to watch it. Uh huh. I think that there are levels of camp to it. Yeah. In an odd way that obviously the marketing did not at all. Yeah. Capture. One thing that I did forget to mention is I thought that there was going to be some connection because they said that Eric Carson uh, ran away with a student. Yes. And then now Crispin is dating his former student. And I was like, oh, like, what? Yeah. you know, there's, there's no. no <laughs> it meant nothing. Was <laughs> I was like, is it the same university? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, why is everyone so improper at this university? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unprofessional. Unprofessional. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> I was just agreeing with you. Um, no, I, I agree. I, I think this film is a blast. I really like the story and that these killers have a very clear motive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it comes clearer towards the end because of that twist. But it's also very interesting because if that twist was never there, it just looks like they're going from house to house in this neighborhood. Which is what they wanted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very, very interesting red herring. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Carson's like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> like, goddamn. Now you were because you were home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. The kills are great. Um, there's very interesting cinematography. I know a lot of it's shaky cam, which I normally don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like it kind of suits the film the way that they use it here because it is very chaotic. Yeah, it is. And it is. it's like very frantic. Um, the music, as you said, fantastic. I look. All right. I already put the onus on me. I do love the masks. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> that I thought there were so many. Bunnies and goats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. And I am adult enough to admit yeah. that. <laughs> um, and one of the biggest positives for me, this is the film that brought Barbara Crampton out of retirement. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. And so all the films that she's made since this is because of this. Oh, that's nice. very cool. All right. But on the negative side, I think I, I agree with you guys that I would like a little bit more character work. Yeah. I do appreciate that they do try to give each person a bit of time, but with the runtime, it's really not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of, you're just like, okay, well, uh, Drake's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Wearing these like... um tropey kind of character masks right 
But I mean, I did like the performances. They were fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you right now, first of all, Sharni Vincent, fantastic as Aaron. Yeah. But Joe Swanberg, dude. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> he was killing me this entire film. Um, but no, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think that's really the only negative I can think of. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's a breeze. It's a lot of fun. And for me, on a scale from one to 10 brutal blender blades, mm-hmm. I am also going to give your next an eight out of 10 of those brutal blender blades. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I really enjoy this. And, um, somebody had suggested it to me before as a, it's not, but it very easily could be a film you watch around Thanksgiving. Oh, that's oh, true. All right, all yeah. Right. Thought that'd be a really good um, yeah. Yeah. family know. movie. Yeah, because yeah. we, we can't watch Thanksgiving. I dude. think <laughs> family movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate your next and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, allowing bitterness and greed to overcome feelings of love and loyalty can prove to be a fatal mistake. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah, work, you we're guys. Trying. Yeah, we're doing our best. <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Dromem, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, JD Rezac, Molly Gerhard, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rutter, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Daniel McGinnis, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Hegeda, William Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Morgan Freenomorph, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Carlos J. Mota, 
Megan M, Strangely Sarah, Paul Jordan, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Cody Graves, Andy Terrell, Wizard Boner, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, and Katie K. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Thank you all so much. We love each and every one of you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And now that we've found you, we don't need to keep looking for the magic. Ah. All right. I thought you were going to do it. The ma- magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>